I may need you to get a little bit closer to your mic. Okay. Yeah, or at least I'm, scoot the mic a bit oh, closer. Oh, yeah, get up on that. <laughs> All right. We want to do it? Old yeah, school. Yeah, I think so. Yep. Welcome to Preferred Enemies, the Warhammer 40k podcast that has been doing this a long, long time, and we're back at the Midwest Conquest 2023, uh, which uh, this is, what, this has been going for eight years minus a couple for COVID? Yeah. So this is like the sixth year of the event, actually. Yeah, like the sixth, like, full event minus, if if you don't count... Midwest Conquest Zero, which, which yeah, I don't. don't. Yeah, don't. which had three players, four players, four. Had four players, and two of them are sitting here. Yep, yep. I took third. <laughs> <laughs> Taking third out of fourth is out yeah. of four, not exactly. A, I can still I say notice I that Richard's place. not saying where he placed, <laughs> which is hilarious. <laughs> I was last. No, you were fourth. <laughs> yeah, fourth. I was last. You had, a, you had a top four finish at a GT. <laughs> yeah. well, I don't think event. that was a GT. Yeah, we're calling it a GT. It's in we, the, no. it's a minor. It's in the name. It's very it's minor. The, it's on the shirts. Yeah. It says GT. It, there were no shirts for that year. <laughs> no, there were not. Uh, granted, that event was thrown together at the last minute. It was a with test like to a see month. It. Yeah, yeah. Did it, we have a month? We didn't even have a month. <laughs> no, we didn't. And we we still had four people. Well, two people show up, and then. T- we had like eight signups, and then yeah, only like two people besides you two showed up. So, yeah. So, well, there's no advertising, no getting things out. And as we know, when you're doing a GT or running a, an event, getting the word out, getting a reputation, and getting all the people there is important. And and let's also know that like a lot of times the signups happen like in the last month. Point of uh, point of order. Do we want to actually introduce the podcast and us? And ourselves? We did. I did introduce the podcast. You didn't. We didn't do our name thing. Oh, we didn't do the name thing. <laughs> we we, we do can do it here. Thing. We All got right. a new guest. Too. We have a, and we have a guest today. Yeah, that's what. That's what made me think about it. But I like, mean, I think you started everyone, to do the everyone, intro and you just flowed right into the Midwest Conquest stuff, and I'm like. I okay. guess we're not doing the intro. All right. <laughs> <laughs> well, and this is all keep we're keeping all of this in for you all. Right. This yeah. Is like, yeah. Thank the, you. This is the raw, unvarnished, only slightly edited for sound quality and too many stutters. Uh, uh, so I'm your host, Rob. Kevin. Dennis and Richard and we are joined by Larry who uh, was one of the people helping run the event I think you managed the streaming as well I did so this is the second um, uh, this is the second Midwest Conquest that Heroic Morale has been running Uh, how do you feel having two under your belt now Uh, the second one was uh, actually quite a bit better we ran a little bit smoother Uh, I think we just keep improving and growing every year we're really having a great time doing it yeah, I know there was like a little bit of, uh, I think the biggest thing I noticed was like at the beginning pairings, like there were a couple of times pairings had to be redone because of either drops or no shows. Yeah, we had to redo pairings like three times, I think, because a couple people showed up late and then there were some issues and, and then we had to repair after round two because there was a car accident. Yeah. So two people had to drop. So obviously that's not the not most ideal. Impo- the most important thing of that is nobody was hurt. Yeah. But still yeah. it's, we, yeah, we had some repairing and we were about 15 minutes or so behind, but we cut one of the break shorts and we got out day one on time yeah i was pleased that day one was on time and day two was pretty much on time too this was an unheard of to me <laughs> yeah we were recording at five o'clock on a sunday like we were done the vent hall like everything's packed up we're done like by five that's ridiculous i love it 
Well, and that I think that also says something to the vo- the quality of the volunteers who have pitched in to help keep everything moving smoothly. So that's something that I got to give a shout out to the heroic morale team. Uh, everybody really came out. Volunteers uh, helped a lot. And a uh, shout out to Stony Creek because uh, I mean the event coordinators and everybody. Uh, anytime we needed something, they were here for us, and it right. was great. Yeah, and I mean, there's already so many tables that have been picked up because they, had, you know, like as soon as tables were cleared out and un- yeah, not needed, they w- they were all picked up. If you hear applause in the back, that is because, which I don't know if it'll pick up, but uh, that is because the 30k horse heresy uh, taking a Phoenix squad uh, team or event is having their award ceremony. Yeah, and I'm so glad we got we we're able to get them back. It was great to have them in 2019 when we were at the other place, and yeah, it's just great to have them here and you know help honor like Dave's memory and stuff like that. Yeah. So I think we've mentioned on the show before, but Dave Komen, who used to run the Taking of Phoenix uh, events and ran it for us in 2019. Uh, did have like died suddenly? I think what last year? Uh, at the beginning of this year, I believe. Or, or like, I think January. It was like, I think it was in January. It was either November. Or, yeah. I think it was November December. But basically, oh, okay. died during the like right around the end of the year, and uh, so people have stepped up to make sure that what he started doesn't just fi- fizzle out. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so, but yeah, it seemed like this was a like relatively drama free i i i mean i remember like you'd hear occasional calls for judges which you should do if you have a question call for a judge that's why they're there but it didn't seem like there were any huge blow-ups or anything no just uh almost all the drama that we had was just basic misconceptions uh you know a little bit of rules questions but it was all handled relatively quickly i didn't hear of any drama myself so the event went off smoothly as far as i can tell yeah, it just sounded like like it felt very much like the last seventh edition tournament we did right before eighth when forty k reset and they went back to indexes. Yeah, uh, where it was just a very low key event. There wasn't really a lot of drama. There wasn't a lot of confusion. People just showed up to have a good time. People were playing units that they hadn't played in the edition, stuff like that. So I, I think this had a very good vibe to it. Yeah, this year. Yeah, and I I think like yeah I even heard like somebody I know I think James Willett who plays guard said he was playing somebody uh, round five. And, like, the game ended up being very short because he just managed to, like, really, like, put his opponent in a very bad spot round one, or, like, turn one. And his opponent was just, like, after, like, he said they just kind of sat there looking at everything for about ten minutes. And his opponent was like, I need to step out and cool down. And that's good. I mean, that's showing a, a lot of restraint and self-control. It's like when you know, it's like if you're feeling yourself getting salty, yeah. step, stepping away from it from a second. So I think yeah. that's good. That shows the caliber of players that we've got here. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, even at the top table, that last uh, stream game for the championship round, um, I mean, I could have seen plenty of opportunities for uh, – the Votan player to get very salty because his dice turned against him. This is the end of the round. He's in contention for first place. He's getting absolutely wrecked and held his composure, smiling the whole time, having a really good time, congratulated his opponent, shook hands at the end. It was just a very, very civil match, even though it went very much against him and he had been maxing points. All oh, yeah. Weekend. He, yeah. I, I, that was, uh, James Mert, or Jason Merton. That was Jason Merton. I played him first round. So I lost to best Votan round one. Yeah. Which, <laughs> his day one, he dropped four points overall. Right. So, uh, no, he, and then, yeah, if you look at the score, if you see the score on like best, uh, best coast pairings, or I may, I'm sure it'll show up on Goonhammer. It's going to look like it was really rough because I think it was like 97 to 16. And when you figure 10 of that's battle ready, 
that hurts. I mean, that's got to hurt going in, you know, seeing that happen. Yeah, I mean, he, he took a beating, um, and then uh, he took the the deal with the grudge tokens as his, one of his secondaries ended up with 12 grudge tokens available at the end of the match. So that was 12 negatives that he ended up having to eat. Yeah. Um, so it hurt. Yeah. So it was, I mean, that's right. But the fact that he kept his, kept his composure, kept his cool show again, quality of the quality of player he is that, uh, something can go against it, especially it being streamed. Everybody who's watching is seeing it happen. Well, and, and also, like, just to, to stay on that, like, from specifically with Jason, like, last year, he tied. Like, him and I think it was Bam Bam, I think? I, I think so. I think it was, I, I'm trying to remember last year, like, they tied points, wins, everything, like, down to the... So they, they agreed to roll off for it to, like, who, who got first place. Like, that's great. Like, that's great sportsmanship. Mm-hmm. So it's, you know, again, it just shows the type of player he is. Yeah. No, I had nothing but fantastic opponents all weekend. Uh, Dennis, I imagine you ha- had a similar experience. Oh yeah, my my opponents were all great. Um, I think I started against a um, Blood Angels player who, unfortunately, I guess left since we didn't have a best in faction Blood Angels at the end. Um, and yeah, it was a great game because he came after me, and it was a bloody back and forth game, which is my favorite type of game. I don't enjoy the one sided games if I'm the, on the receiving end or if I'm dishing it out because. There's no well. There's no drama. You you want a game to feel competitive in that sort of sense, and uh, this one was. I mean, I, I lost by like thirty, but I was tearing down his units. Mm-hmm. Um, and then like that was, I guess, uh, David Newland, who was the Blood Angels player. Second one I had against um, Charles Fox, which was my first night. His nights were amazing. Totally amazing. They oh, were the he ones- had this fantastic like scheme with like bullhorns on yes. every single night, including all the war dogs. Yeah, oh, and it probably took so much work to do all that. And and he wore a cowboy hat all weekend. Too. He did wear a cowboy hat. <laughs> yeah. I mistakenly, since I'm I'm from Texas now, assumed this was in honor of Texas. He said, "No, no, it's not. I just like it." I'm like, "Okay, that's fair." <laughs> you live in Texas. You're not from Texas. Well. Okay, I live in Texas, so I, can, I live there. Somebody's somebody's trying to sneak <laughs> up on us. That's fine. My back is turned. <laughs> um, no, that one was... He knew how to play against Photon, and so I didn't do very well because he, he positioned well. He just he played a great game. That's all I can say. Do you want to say something? <laughs> okay. <laughs> that was Drew Newman. Bye, guys. Love you all. <laughs> who finished... Who, who got best overall. Yeah, with yeah. a with a really well-painted Chaos Knights army. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. The, the, going back, there's so many good paint jobs. Mm-hmm. So, oh, I mean, yeah. Yeah, it was... I, Me and Kevin uh, split the paint judging duty, yeah. and this year it was both easier and harder easier cuz i was more prepared yeah the 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 matrix that you put together in the score sheets made it made the process very easy to get to the final like cuts yeah and then yeah we spent cuz we had an hour for lunch so like right. we you know we cut through went scored everybody and then we had i think 10 or so that we like looked at a little bit more right and like we spent half as much time again you know Going through those and be like looking at every detail and trying yeah. to figure it out, and there was there wasn't much separation on the top, you know, six, seven, eight. So. Right? Yeah. No, there were there were some absolutely fantastic. There were a pair of good, of really nice ultramarine armies. Yes. Yeah. Uh, they, and they played in the last round because I was walking around <laughs> and I was like, I was hot, like, hot ultramarine. On yeah. Ultramarine I was. Well, I was looking at it because I was. Oh, I was walking around with Pat from Peculiar Games and Hobbies, and he was just looking at the armies, and uh, I was like, oh yeah, this one's real. It was really good, and he's like. 
And he like looked at it and was like, oh, no, not that. And I'm like, oh, no, that one's also nice. And, like It took me a minute to realize that, like, <laughs> the different armies, but they were both very good, very clean, yes. very nice. Both had Great very nice display work. boards, too. Yeah. Yes. So, there's some really, really good display boards. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so no, I you guys had your jobs cut out for you on, on paint judging this year. I did not envy you because I I remember some, the paint judging we did in 2019, and there were some hard decisions <laughs> yeah, yeah. we had to make. Now having having the matrix though, and like a specific point thing, like did make it easier. And rather than I know, I think the first year we tried to do this, we like tried to like detail paint judge every army, and yes. ooh, no, don't, yeah. don't don't do that. Yeah. But uh, yeah, there was yeah, a- no, it, it it went a lot smoother this year. Yeah, yeah. Um, best painted just since we're talking about it did right. go to uh, Mark Neeson, his Grey Knights. Yeah, oh, um, that display board. He had yeah, this, this, he had a really great display board because he had like these uh, um, grid patterns, like kind of steam like uh, grid pattern on the on the bases, but also on the display board. So it slotted in there, and then it just matched up with the. The rest of the display board, he had great. He had great conversion work. He had a yeah. converted uh, the what the baby Bjorn carrier dread knight, dread knight, yeah, uh, dread knight. So he had that converted with like a knight head on it and, and some other stuff. And then and the brother, squad marks. brother cap, brother oh. captains were were uh, were converted uh, with some nice details. And then the really the thing that that pushed it over for him was like the very detailed and numerous squad markings and like just a lot of details oh on like paint all every show yeah. yes yeah oh yes. my god no it was, it was amazing yes yeah. well and let's also i will say that one of the things if i'm assuming this is the army i'm thinking of the display board with the oncoming corn demon that was that was a different oh that was a different one that was a different one that was this one that one was also very good um and was was in contention um yeah, this this one had like a, a this was it was a it was a small and understated kind of like display yeah. board okay um but like it just everything matched yeah. yeah like like the, like it was uh recessed cut into like and and all the bases so slotted in. So it was a carrying up. case as well, like a carrying tray as well yes. as his yes. display. Yeah. See, okay, that that goes to show that it doesn't necessarily have to be big and ostentatious. It can be right. sure. it can be understated and just high quality. For yes. sure. Yeah. As long as you execute a simple plan, like simple idea well, like that's yeah. that'll get you a long way. Mm-hmm. Now that that is yeah, there were some fantastic looking armies. So yeah, there was also some Tau player that was also like high up, but I don't know. I don't like talking about him. Yeah, <laughs> no, I, I can't imagine yeah. who he would have been. I'm still going to use decals and transfers whenever I make. Squad no, you're, 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 your 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 army look <laughs> your good. Like your vote on I would say highlights are your next challenge. Yeah, no, but yeah. seriously, no, your stuff looks it, it looks, looks really good. Yeah, highlights you painted those tough. like <laughs> the cockpit bubbles, right? That's yeah. a that's a difficult yeah. no, task it did to look do good. already. Because you kept them clear, most yeah, people it was, just like paint them solid. Yeah, no, you were you were easily in the upper half, uh, like Yay. like easily in the upper half of of armies, like yeah, right. Yeah, I'm still going to use totally. transfer markers because yeah. I don't like no, I know. freehand. No, no good transfer. <laughs> yeah, no yeah. the transfers look. RJ that, RJ Harris's Ultramarines yes. use yes. transfers throughout, and it looks beautiful. Fantastic. Beautiful the, transfer. Yeah, work. yeah. The use so, of yeah the use of decals in in that Ultramarines army was something that also like was extremely impressive yes and yeah yeah, yeah. no i've seen his stuff from like several events over the year and yeah he's a fan t- he does fantastic work it looks the transfer works looks so yeah. clean it almost looks painted on oh, yeah nice. yeah no i did that was a conversation that richard and i had actually <laughs> exactly yeah. that yeah. was a conversation we had and i said and uh, to that point i was like 
I don't know that this, I think this is decals. I don't think that it's painted on, but the fact that I have to ask <laughs> right. goes a long way. Yeah. yeah. Nice. No, good, good, de- good detail work, whether it's decal or, or freehand, should still count one way or another. Absolutely. Yeah. So anyway, you were going... Oh, yeah. Third round, um, I faced Dylan Brandon, and that was <clears throat> the Emperor's Children's List, which... Turn towards your mic. Sorry. I was looking <laughs> at the list. <laughs> that was the Emperor's Children's List, which... Um, that was a fun game, but it, it felt a little one-sided in my favor. So I was happy with the win, but I was, I was a little sad. His all dice were also so cold. Yeah. But like we were saying about most of the players here, he was friendly, still engaged. And I mean, he seemed to like, yeah, this is fine. Yeah, it's my dice. I know. <laughs> so it was good. Um, and then today, I almost got to play Rob. Almost. We almost. Were, we were separate. Like, I think it was just on even odd. Yeah. It was an even odd mix. And that would have been fun, except we had some pregame games. Yeah. And so We knew how that would have gone, I we, think. Yeah. We've already, we could talk about pregame games after all these. Oh, yeah. We'll definitely talk about our, pre, um, our Friday night entertainment. So instead, I end up playing um, Ryan Williams. Who was a knight player, and I was like, "Oh my gosh, more more knights!" And I was feeling like you were last year, where it's like, I just don't enjoy knights. And I played knights a lot at the friendly last yeah. year. <laughs> so yeah, and so here's my my fourth game. Two of my games are against, and both of them were chaos knights in particular. Well, chaos knights are very are are the popular option. Oh right, right I, now I think they're better. My personal opinion, but um, it's weird. GW finally made a chaos army that's better than the imperial <laughs> version. <laughs> But no, that one, um, here is one thing that's still weird to me and that this tournament did was placed terrain. I'm used to terrain just being fixed. And You've been playing like US Open style or? Well, even, even in the local game stores down there, they kind of set up, here's what they want it to look like and they preset the tables. Right. And they might change it permission, like one place to another one just keeps it, so this is the train. Just yeah. go with it. Yeah. One of the other delay reasons for the delay in top of one, the first round, is because the idiot making announcements uh, gave, read out the terrain rules wrong. Oh, that's fine. Yeah, and then somebody stepped in and yeah, okay, then somebody stepped in and corrected me. <laughs> You're fine. We don't blame you. I mean, you should. It was my mistake. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> but then, um, so yeah, he placed the train in such a way that he blocked his own. He, he had his knights couldn't go through the buildings. So it made nice little tunnels for oh, Voton. So he just and, and lined them up, didn't he? He lined them up so my beams. I was able to like hit four knights with each shot. And <laughs> yeah, we see some people cringing Ooh. over here. And <laughs> yeah, and I had like three big beam guys. Yeah, those those four did not survive, and it just from there just spiraled out of control, and just train killed him that game because he he couldn't maneuver because. And I will say that the, even with us placing it, the tables were so packed, it was kind of hard to move around if you had big vehicles and stuff. Yeah, so it's one of the things I said multiple times on the stream is like player place terrain is like a mini game before the game starts. Uh, you can really look at your opponent's army, look at your army, look at your secondaries and go, this is how I want the table to look to maximize what I want to do. Right. Or even hurt your opponent. Mm-hmm. Or in this case, he hurt himself. <laughs> but... Um, <laughs> No, so that one was my, um, did really well, got the victory there, um, a, a sound victory, and then led to my fourth game, or fifth game, sorry. Um, once again, I almost got to play Nathan, who you 
I, who I played. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk about that in a bit. So, so close to playing both of you guys. Um, and then in the end, how it's not showing up here. Did you have the name right off the bat? Uh, Mike DeLang. Yes, played Mike DeLang in Drukari. Man, this one, we'll get to it later, but this one was an amazing game. Back and forth. Um, he said at the end of the game, him killing my warlord on like the top of five is what netted him enough points to win because the game ended up at 85 to 82. Wow. That, that, it was, it was so much fun. I mean, and he was a great guy to play against. We had a lot of fun just chit chatting during the game. And your so. game like went almost the entire length of the. It did, but that was because, um, there was a lot of assault. And as we, we learned doing some other games of our own, assault slows the game down a little bit. I, I haven't noticed that because whenever things get into assault with me, I tend to evaporate. So yeah, it tends it tends to depend on the armor you're playing. Yeah, <laughs> my Voton fight back. Yeah, <laughs> your Voton are Voton are just <laughs> tough to deal with. They're anti tau. Well, they're anti tau, but yeah, they, they held their own against the Duke. No, Army. there is an anti tau army. <laughs> I played two anti tau yeah, army. Yeah, and you, you you played one of them at the end. So all in all, they were all five great games. I I had fun with all the opponents, but I, I will probably. Remember Remember that Dark Eldar game for a long time because it was just that close and that back and forth. Mm-hmm. So as for me, um, so I did start the day playing Jason Merton, who was on the top table <laughs> with Voton, who had, and uh, to my credit, I made him drop one of those four points. <laughs> Good on job. The first day. So, so did playing against me before get you kind of keyed up for what Voton does? It gave me an idea of what I was up against, and it didn't <laughs> help a whole lot, but. Uh, I mean, I I felt like killing wise, I gave it about as good as I got, but point wise, I just he had much better secondaries, and I something I learned after like my first couple of games is that uh, well, I already knew that most of the Tau secondaries suck, <laughs> um, tar- and I kept hoping like target airspace relays would be the saving. It's not banners is better in pretty much every regard, so. Uh, but yeah, I just I could not score the points I wanted to on that one, so I uh, did not end up pulling that. I think it was like ninety-seven to s- like fifty or sixty. Uh, I do not. Let's see. I can actually look at the pairings. So ninety-five sixty-one. So I didn't do. Okay, first round was uh, ninety-nine forty-four. Ninety-nine forty-four. So I yeah I didn't do great, but also I was playing. The one of the top players, so yeah. I don't feel bad about right. that. Um, second round, I played Eli Harvey, who had brought Inari, which I I know enough about Eldari and Inari <laughs> to kind of know what to expect, but I hadn't played Inari itself. Um, and so playing against the reason I say Votan is anti Tau is because I play Monka, so I ha- I'm depending on rerolling wound rolls of one if I'm close enough, and having an extra AP if I'm close enough. <laughs> uh, you ignore the extra AP because of void armor, and I can't reroll wounds against you. So like Votan basically deny my army's philosophy of battle. And I'm very sad you said that because I just thought, oh my, at least all my games today, maybe some yesterday, I forgot that if I, you have a judgment token and I'm in half range, you're at minus one AP. Oof. Well, learn as you play. Learn as you play. <laughs> uh, I did, no, he was quite aware of that. So, <laughs> um, 
second round, but second round was against Eli Harvey playing Inari, who had a webway gate oh, nice. also, which was nice, you know, kind of neat to see. I still and not put mine with on the player table. place trains. There was still plenty of place for plenty of space for him to have that on the table and not mess up the terrain too much. Um, and that one, he kind of placed it on one of the flanks. I was able to control one side of the table pretty well, and I, but I still had to push into that other side of the table because one, one I usually take for my army is engage on all fronts because I have a lot of very mobile stuff and I want to get up in people's faces. And um, that one I lost uh, 61 to 95. I could kill things much like against Votan, me killing things makes you're you better against me <laughs> killing inari just makes them better at things and also makes the incarn show up in your back line from time yes. to time yeah that's the biggest trick with the incarn yeah but more importantly i just he was able to push onto objectives and clear me off of them and i just i so going into each round i might have like hold one or that, hold hold one or hold two but not hold more that's what definitely happened in my first two games as well as the opponent got first turn and pushed to where then I was on the back foot those games and it, it was just hard to retake See, the momentum. Now, both of my games I got first, like those two games I got first, but I was, uh, but because of the way terrain was set up, he, they both players were very well hidden. I think first round against Jason, I could see and then kill a Sagittar. <laughs> because if I can see the Sagittar, the railgun will oh, kill the oh, Sagittar. Well, I, I have learned that, yes. Because <laughs> you, you I, I do a minimum of nine damage yeah. and you get no saves, so yeah, yeah it's dead. Yeah. Um, against the Inari, he just had everything. He had a lot. Everything that was on the table was very well hidden. Everything that wasn't on the table in couldn't rooms. be. It was, you know, in the webway, and I couldn't oh. shoot at it. So, um, and he was just feeding stuff out, like rounds two and three, and I, I couldn't make it make it up. So that that was a bit rough. Uh, round three uh, was playing against Josh Tran, uh, who was bringing Thousand Sons. Uh, that one was an interesting matchup because he had no vehicles or big things at all. So and that's your highlight. That is what I'm very good at. <laughs> and, uh, you know, turns out hammerheads don't do much when they can only kill like two rubrics a turn. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, I did manage to pull out a win. Although it's funny, I took, a, you know, obviously against the Thousand Suns, you're going to take a Bore the Witch if you don't have Psychers or. Yeah, I would uh, probably think that. I scored a whole whopping four points because his stuff was just resilient. Yeah. Also, a lot of my stuff that isn't like, ha isn't rail guns or like ion accelerators is damage one, which means he has all his dust, which means he reduces the AP. <laughs> He by one, which also meant I didn't get my P benefit against them, but I could at least re-roll the wounds. Oh, and against the Inari, AP didn't matter because everything was in phone saves. Yeah, that's what so, you do with those Eldar. Yeah, so invone everything. Uh, but I did end up uh, getting the win. Although it was eighty-three to seventy-four, it was a relatively close, close yeah. game. Uh, he was like able to get warp ritual on the regular. Uh, I think what ended up hurting him was he forgot to do banner. He took banners and forgot to put them up a couple of turns, oh. and that that put him on the back and. I was consistently able to hold the, uh, like, take the the middle objective. Like, yeah. he got onto it turn one. I got on, cleared him out. He killed the things I had, the troops I had, but I had part of the objective was, like, sticking out past the building that it was in, and it was an obscuring building, and I had a devilfish on the other side, and he just never got anything back up to that. So it's like, he had to move up, because this was also, like, hammer and anvil yeah. type deployment, so... He was foot slogging the entire oh, way. Man, that's... 
and I was able to place things so that he couldn't deep strike in any of his scarabs on my part, my half of the table. Oh, very nice. So that's one thing I've gotten very aware of is how to place things to prevent deep strikes because I have to because anything gets back there, I die. <laughs> uh, round four, this one was fun. We did, as, as Dennis mentioned, we did not get to play each other. I instead got to play Nathan Martin from the Show Me Showdown. Yay, Nathan! Who was playing Ooh. Iron Hands and brought a, a Hammerfall bunker. Which was uh, a, f- a fun first choice time I've to seen see. one on a table. Yeah, uh, I had never seen one put together. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's and uh, admittedly, it was it was a little bit scary for me because a he's Iron Hands, so all those weapons are heavy, which and he's staying in Devastator Doctrine the whole time, so they're all AP one better. Uh, and the uh, heavy bolters on that can shoot anything they see, and he had he placed it in such a way that he had clear line of sight if anything popped out. Out, you know, out of my uh, castle at the beginning, right? Uh, so I did kill it bottom of one. Good with, with railguns because it had it had it to die. Had, yes, but unfortunately, round one he was able to kill both uh, tr- both my transports, which slowed down my ability to push him Ooh. off of objectives. Yeah. He got onto objectives early, uh, but I managed to push back because uh, he basically he had like two squads of infiltrators, a squad of heavy intercessors, a couple of squads of suppressors, a uh, tech marine, and then the hammerfall bunker and a whole bunch of, of dreadnoughts. Two contemptors, two redemptors, and, and a, a leviathan. That was his MO back when I played yeah, him. Yeah, in- I mean, I, yeah, it's pretty much what he plays, and it's a good Iron Hands list. I managed to kill the two contemptors in Overwatch, Oh my! <laughs> with the with the nice. with the uh, railguns? With no, with the uh, the ion accelerator on the riptides because no. riptides have early warning override. So if you charge me, I get free Overwatch and I hit on fives. Oh, very nice! Uh, and then it killed a th- killed one of the Redemptors while we were engaged, but was shooting oh, on right. my turn. Okay. Um. So I ended I ended up killing. I tabled him turn five. He was completely dead. But when we tallied up the points. Because that turn one, he had managed to push me off objectives and get banners up on them. 83 to 81, he won. I regret nothing about that game because it was a blast. Like, any, A, Nathan's a great person to play against. You've played against him on stream at Iron Halo. He's just a great guy, too. (laughs) He is. He's fantastic. I'm looking forward to going to Show Me Showdown this summer, which will be 10th edition rules instead of 9th. But so you're, you're 83 to 81, and I had an 85 to 82. Yeah, so we both Those had are some very nice go- games. Yeah, they were great games. Uh, and then my uh, f- my final game was against uh, Martin Beamish, who was playing World Eaters. It's the first time yeah. I've gotten to face off against World Eaters. So, Kevin, get yours going. I have them in there over here. there. I have them in there. I have them in this room. I know. Yeah. Uh, so uh, we. Uh, we did some talking about terrain early on, and uh, he asked, and I I exceeded because I he's like, would it be okay if we did first floor blocking? Because he's like, otherwise I don't have a chance. You're going to shoot me off the table with through line of sight, and you know I'm I'm like, you know what? This is the last game of the day. Sure, let's go for it. Um, so he was well hidden round one. I did manage to like find an angle on him and kill the one rhino he had turn one. Uh, I also took a clean victory as my secondary on this one, which is I get points. I get one point if I kill one unit and three points if I kill three units, but only on the first three turns of the game, which uh, I did not manage to kill three units on that that first turn. That's why the rhino did not explode, unfortunately. 
but uh, I managed to basically get uh, like push into like took engage on all fronts, push out. But he was able to to keep onto objectives and keep me f- like he had banners, and then he like he was using pile of skulls to just trade blood tithe points for points. Yep, uh, he was earning enough points with blood for the blood god by killing my stuff. Uh, Angron did a whole lot of nothing that game. Oh Angron. My. Well, first off, I distraction carnifex. Well, first off, I had placed everything again in a in a kind of like a matrix where he could not deep strike anywhere near my stuff other than like in the middle of the board and uh, was not able to get a charge off. Yep. Uh, even Sounds with a familiar. CP re-roll. Sounds familiar. And then uh, on my turn, I just rolled up with Long Strike, who was like two inches away from him and a Riptide and managed to, uh, you know, rail the gun his face off. Uh, by the end of the game, I had him down to, I think... His Lord on Juggernaut, Angron, a couple of Chaos Spawn, and I think one Exalted, like one Exalted 8-bound left. Uh, and I had a lot more stuff on the table, uh, but in the end, I couldn't keep up with him. On, because of those early hold objectives, I just couldn't keep up with him on points. And then I think he almost maxed out Blood for the Blood God. He did max out Pile of Skulls. Um, he did not max out banners. I was able to take objectives from him enough to take some banners down, but he was very well placed and, and with the terrain, it just, I couldn't, I couldn't kill enough of them. But again, if I had, if we had done it the other way with the terrain, I probably would have, it would have been just a shooting gallery and that wouldn't have been a great game. I will also say as a mark of pride, my crisis suits defeated a unit of exalted eight bound in close combat. (laughs) That's wild. That is wild to me. Because I was able to deep strike them into his back table edge, uh, light them up with like the relic or the prototype flamer and everything, get them down to like one guy left, and then went ahead. I made the made like a nine or ten inch charge, got in and uh, managed to punch and burn him down before he could fight. Wow. So uh, that was that was fun. That was good. So uh, so I ended up going one and four, but I had. Like, even the games I lost, all great games, all great players. I would also like to point out that four of the five players I played got best in faction nice. for their uh, for their respective factions. Now, admittedly, a couple of those were because they were the one person of those factions. <laughs> but as somebody who has taken best in faction in Sisters back in Iron Halo when nobody was playing Sisters, a default win is still a win, so I'll take it. Or I'll two, let them take it. The two best words in the English language, default. <laughs> so, Larry, what was your... Uh what was your kind of feedback on just the overall event, like watching the, the stream tables and the top tables? Uh, yeah, so like watching the top tables, it was, uh, I mean, we had pretty much all good games on the uh, for the stream because we were streaming to table number one. We're going to change that up a little bit for next year, um, especially for Saturday. We're going to start bringing you uh, a little bit more interesting battles. Uh, so we're just going to look for uh, competitive fights that with good-looking armies uh, for day one. And then we'll bring you the championship rounds on uh, Sunday. Mm-hmm. So that's one of the things that we're looking at changing. And we're also we're taking in all feedback. So if you did play in the event and you're listening, definitely give us some feedback on on that. But yeah, the the rounds were really competitive. But because we were playing round one or uh, table one, we did see a lot of OTAN on that top table. Um, <laughs> but uh, Dark Angels twice. Uh, and then we got one of those nice Ultramarine armies up there. It was really, really competitive game. Oh, uh, he ended up dethroning one of the... 
the Votan players came in the next time. The next Votan player took him down. Um, <laughs> but then the best overall up there was that uh, Gene Steeler Colt player that uh, took Jason down. And um, really, really fun games and really great people on stream. So mm-hmm. yeah, it was overall it was a great experience up there. Can you pitch your uh, Twitch stream address and name and everything like that? So it's uh, the Heroic Morale Warhammer at on that. Twitch, I don't have the address pulled up. Sorry. <laughs> no, you're fine. Yeah. But Kevin it's the Warhammer on Twitch. And we'll make sure we post it in the show yeah, notes. Yeah, I'll, I'll have a link in the show notes. But no, I mean, I, I it sounds like everything went very smoothly. Um, no, I know uh, Friday you were you know, making sure all the uh, technical issues kind of got worked out ahead of time. So, yeah, we had a couple of technical issues early on. Uh, just new equipment that we're trying to continuously upgrade and get you guys a better stream every time. Um, so we had our OBS mess up a couple of times. Honestly, Streamlabs kicked us out every once in a while. <laughs> and then today, uh, I believe it's just like a, a Twitch thing, but Twitch wouldn't load, so we couldn't show the Twitch stream live here at the at the convention. So, But you were still uh, streaming to but Twitch. We were still streaming to Twitch, but uh, everybody had to watch on their phones because nobody's laptop could connect to Twitch. Oh, so we had, we had issues there, so it, it was hard to track the chat and everything. But, uh, yeah, no, we appreciate everybody that came out to watch it and everything. So it was, a, it was really good. And like I said, we added some new cameras and we added some new equipment. So we're, we're constantly trying to upgrade this, uh, this streaming thing. Did not go with the disco ball lights, though, did you? <laughs> no, uh, I got vetoed on running disco ball lights. I really wanted to, but, uh, you know. You have to have a certain type of game on there to make that work. Well, yeah. Well, I really wanted to get Nathan Martin up there on stream because uh, I think his Brothers of the New Dawn would look really cool under disco lights. <laughs> yeah, hit, no, he has a he has a great looking uh, Space Marine army that he basically has run as several because di- he, he was running them as what Ultramarines against you because he had Bobby G. I didn't, don't remember probably. Yeah, in the past. Yeah, yeah, when, yeah. when you were when we were at Iron Halo. Yeah. That, granted, it was a few years ago. Yeah. Yeah, I'm old. We are all old, dude. <laughs> you need to get like uh, Harlequins and like Tyranids under the disco ball lights. Oh, that, oh, that, that's the one that you want the disco ball lights for, <laughs> or like Rainbow Warriors or something like that. No, Harlequins versus Emperor's Children. That's that's, that's your that's dis- the disco ball. Yeah. yeah, but I believe it was like the second round. Um, I the, our game ended early on stream, and I was able to walk over and um, tell the stream about because uh, we had Bam Bam Hunter and Nathan Martin both uh, fighting on a table together oh, and nice. so we were able to talk to them a little bit about uh, you know Show Me Showdown coming up and then Flying Monkey so Show Me oh, Showdown versus nice. Flying Monkey coming up so we were able to get them on stream a little bit oh, good. And, and, and talk with them a little bit at least cool. but they were having a really fun game mm-hmm. but yeah I think uh, every, I, I suppose at this point we should run down the actual winners of the event yeah and uh, so I have a list here of like who actually won and everything um the thing is kind of impressive is I was just kind of scrolling through the list. I have to go down to 15 to find a duplicate faction in the top, the top list. Like we had a really good diversity of factions, diversity of lists. Um, almost every faction was represented, you know, was represented. So it was, that was great. But yeah, uh, first overall was Peyton Priest, uh, with his Gene Steeler Colts. Um, and then, uh, Brett Perkins, Chaos Demons and Howard Watts, Ultramarines finished in the top three. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, best overall was uh, Drew Newman with his Chaos Knights. Yeah, yeah we talked about that were that were great. And then uh, best painted was Mark. Long, Mar- I was going to say we've already said it once on the show. I know. Yeah, that's what I was trying to find it again, just to make sure. Well, 
him and his brother were here, so I was trying to remember if it was Mark or if it was the other one. Oh, so, okay. that, so I was like, yeah, I want to make sure I said the right name. So uh, best painted was Mark Neeson, um, his Grey Knights, which were also By the great. way, Mark, your brother has been relegated to the other one. <laughs> <laughs> the Sorry, other Neeson. <laughs> I was scrolling through, and I just want to make sure I had the right one. And then also just a special shout out to uh, uh, Sean Miller for um, Player's Choice for Best Sportsman. Mm-hmm. Um, he got four votes. Nobody else got more than two. So definitely wanted to call him out and, and you know, again... We want to reward that type of stuff at these events and make sure that it's not just about competitive play. It's about all the other stuff. It's about painting. It's about best overall. It's about sportsmanship, stuff like mm-hmm. that. So, so shall we talk about our Friday games and the, sure. the, the sheer silliness that we engaged in? And, I mean, they had a beer hammer going on, but we didn't do beer hammer. We were doing our own thing. Right. So, uh, so when we were talking about, you know, coming to, to Midwest Conquest and Dennis, you were going to be coming up and you had made a special purchase at the U.S. Open. Yeah. And back we've in talked October. about it. We've talked about it a couple of times on the show. Also, probably in the re- recorded and unfortunately unedited and probably never to be released episode 278, 279, which this will be 279, but there is one that I recorded. And because I was busy painting the raffle leagues of Votan army, uh, I, will not be able to get that in Lost time. in the warp. Lost in the warp. But while we were talking about that, you bought a Revenant Titan. <laughs> yeah, I bought the Revenant Titan, and for the past like month, I think when I finished getting my Votons all painted, I, I decided, well, I want to get this put together, because if I don't put it together, it's just going to sit here. So I've been working. I got it put together. I got it primed. I got it painted. And when I did that, I said, challenge Rob. Say, hey, I want to have my Titan fight your Titan. Let's have a Revenant Titan and a Taunar shoot-off. But I thought it might not be fair for just one on one, so I said, "Let's do full arcs of omen detachments for them." And that was interesting coming up with lists for that. Yeah, because you had because yours was fifteen hundred points and yep. mine was only a thousand, so yep. I had I had a thousand points more to work with, and I also wanted to only I try to limit myself to the things I was going to be bringing to Midwest Conquest anyway, so I didn't have to have like two different configurations of Tau that I was bringing. It's fair. So like my army ended up being. The Revenant Titan. And I need an HQ. I, I want a big beat guy, so I put the Avatar out there. Mm-hmm. Said, Avatar, come out here. And so he, he did. And then I had, I think, just over 200 points or something around that left. So, um, yeah, I picked D-Cannon heavy support platforms, three of them, not as a squad. So that way, that could be my three heavy support choice. <laughs> so I had five models on the board. Whereas I took... Pretty much a pared down version of my tournament list where I had long strike, a one like more that. hammerhead. I don't like that one. Um, a transport with breachers, a couple of squads of like a couple of strike teams and my unit of crisis suits and my pathfinders. Yep. Um, and, uh, so it was like, I knew I could, I could probably take you on objectives. Oh, I, I knew I was doomed <laughs> on. I mean, I was at this point, I was like, just playing for Th- fun. This is yeah. for fun, yeah. Oh, I, I yeah. knew I wasn't going to take objectives, so I'm like, I Did just. Did I bring have a to gun to a knife fight? I apologize. Well, you brought two guns and the hammerheads, <laughs> and we determined if you had gone first, things would have not been well for me. Yeah. So we, luckily, we were I, we were spitballing lists that were would have been way nastier. So yeah, <laughs> well, the hammerheads are nasty enough. Oh sure. But yeah, I, I got first turn, and so I got to melt both Hammerheads and a couple of other squads of his before he got the chance to retaliate with the, them. Uh, between the missiles and the Sonic Lances, because the Sonic Lances put out so many shots, yeah. 
and you were wounding vehicles on four. Wounding on other people on twos. Yeah. yeah. But fortunately, you were mostly focused. You were worried about the hammerheads oh, most of turn all. Turn one. Yeah. I, you're, you're Pathfinder. I don't care. No, 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 no. <laughs> no, no. But the vehicles that could, like, I don't get saves on, yeah. I care. Yeah. <laughs> Fair. Um, if I remember it, I think I got, I dropped my crisis suits, turned two into yep. your batteries and, uh, eliminated them oh, pretty, yeah. pretty they, quickly. They were there just to, Maybe hold an objective and shoot with indirect fire if need be, and that's about Didn't it. Didn't need be, <laughs> yeah. And and then uh, you you made the play. You you basically pushed the avatar forward. Well, yeah, pushed the avatar forward, and but then we got to a point where you had actually focused all your fire on the Revenant Titan. And what did you get it down to? Oh gosh, I don't even remember. one wound. No one. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Got it down to one. And I made a play that, in retrospect, was the wrong play, but in my mind it was good. Um, I wanted to get the Revenant Titan into do in melee, because I could like punch you and, and kick you and stuff. And so I had the Avatar charge the Taunar first. Yeah, I have the little guy go in first, absorb Overwatch, yeah. and... Uh, and he absorbed it to and died. F- 15 <laughs> wounds of Overwatch. To shreds, just, you say. Just with the... I, the only thing I had to fire was the main guns. The main guns got him. It, it was, to shreds, it was you so say. Bad. And so, thus, my, my Revenant did get in and, and punched him, but didn't do enough, and so he just able to take my last wound and... I think I just kicked you, didn't yeah. I? Yeah. Mm. No, I think you had to shoot him. Mm. But, I mean, you had so many guns. Yeah. But had, we, we played it out. If the Avatar had been the second one in... Mm-hmm. He would have shredded the Taunar in melee. Yeah. yeah oh, yeah. The ta- so, but we, bad my choice. And then we also, yeah, did the math on and did a roll off on if you had not killed the Hammerheads turn one. Or if I had not gone first, you mean. Yeah, if you had not yeah. gone first. Because you can't hide that. No. Thing. No. Yeah, it, it was dead. It would have been dead turn one. So I'd say it was an even matchup as long as I go first and, yeah. And things <laughs> go a certain. I mean, re- Granted, I rolled three sixes on Overwatch on, oh, yeah. on those yeah. cannons, so... It happens. It does. <laughs> uh, and then... Uh, and that was just, I'll say, a blast. And I, I would love to do more just silly games like that. Yeah. Yeah, me and me and Kevin squared off in the, yep. the punch-it-in-the-face <laughs> yeah, where I was playing my orcs, uh, and and Kevin had his world eaters. Yeah. Uh, Disciples of the Red Angel. Yes, so... Yeah, my list was Angron... Two lords on juggernauts, three units of eight bound, three units of exalted eight bounds, and and and, and uh, the lord of skulls. That's it. That was it. That was my two thousand point army. <laughs> right, and, and I just I just had a whole like mess of boys and Gasgol and Makari and the Stampa. Yep. And uh, yeah, it was a it was a fun game. It was really kind of funny because. Um, this is the first time I'd actually like played with the new codex. I played World Leaders before, but it's pre-codex, it's like that. So I was like, I'm interested to see how the blood tithe works. And I went in there and I was able to kind of go and kill like a few things, but never like fully kill a unit. And I was like, oh, this is kind of weird. Like, I guess, I mean, top of one, sure, okay. Well, top of two, you're going to come to, you know, top, bottom of one, you're going to come to me. We're getting melee. Still didn't really finish off any units. I'm like, it's kind of hard to get like blood tithe points. That kind of sucks. And then top of two happened. I wound up at the, when we went to the bottom of two, I had 24 blood type points. And I'm like, okay, now I'm drowning in them and I can't spin them all. Yeah. <laughs> Cause the, st- on bottom of one, the Stompa failed a, like, decently long charge, like yeah, a 10 inch charge. It was like a, yeah, 10, yeah. Um, and if that had, if the Stompa had made that charge, all bets are off. That, you right. know, <laughs> but, uh, the Stompa didn't make that charge. So the Lord of Skulls is able to shoot for another turn. 
Um, and then Angron and, and uh, um, Gazgul got into melee and like were plinging off each other. And I was throwing all these dice, but he only takes Take four, four wounds. And like when you don't shoot and you have no psychics, it's really hard to cause wounds in other phases. Yep. <laughs> like, is there a way I can cause wounds in the movement phase? Well, shoot. <laughs> um, although I almost did in a different phase, but we'll get that in a second. Um, but yeah, so top of two, I finally kind of get everything in. Then the Lord of Skulls assaults the Stompa. And to my surprise, and I know the Lord of Skulls is really good in melee, but holy smokes, like, just destroyed the Stompa. Like, just cut right through him. Um, because the Stompa had like Whoa. 40 wounds. I mean, yeah, it had taken some before. It had taken some. It was like, I want to say it was at. 28. Yeah, but I still took 28 wounds off it pretty easily. And I'm like, I was surprised. Because I thought the Lord of Skulls was going to hit it hard and then I would have to use the 8 pound and some other stuff to like finish it off. Well, it it doesn't have any kind of invulnerable save. True. True. Yeah. But uh, it exploded. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) And when it detonated, it killed two of your characters that were nearby. (laughs) it (laughs) It killed. Did it kill a full unit? It killed some boys out of a unit, but not the full right, unit, I think. And right, then it killed yeah. like half, like the, my larger squad of eight bound, it killed two or three out of that. So like yeah. it did a lot of damage. So that's where I got a bunch of blood tithe points. Cause like this thing went up and vehicle, super heavy. Right. Killed, and it, and it, it, character, o- it character, overwatched, character. annihilated one of your lords on that's juggernaut. True. It did. Yeah. That's right. Which is also another blood, you know, character blood, blood tithe blood. and, and right. like that. And then Angron died because he was because yeah. he just was losing that battle of attrition with Gazgul. So like I'm sitting there and I'm like, I have all these points back and I can only spend on one. So I brought I brought Angron back on the other side of the board on turn three. And it is once I was able to finally get the Lord of Skulls to kind of shoot at Gazgul and I could assault him, I was able to finally take him down. But right. I think the whole thing turned on that stomp and not making that charge. If that had yeah, happened, the pretty- whole game would have been different. Yeah. I just know I saw one thing. I saw a little tiny orc guy that I was. T- That's true. Yeah, that, <laughs> was, true. that was right. also very memorable yeah, because tell, after yeah. after Gazgol died, uh, Makari was still like hanging around, <laughs> and Makari still has his two up invulnerable saves. Yeah, <laughs> like once he fails it, it goes away, but he he still had it. Nobody had sat on him yet. He's fine. And, yep. <laughs> And and so I moved him back onto an objective, and then here's the Lord of Skulls. Yeah. So I charge Makari into <laughs> well, the because, Well, because cause, cause you were reading the stats. You were reading the stat line off oh, yeah. to me, and he's like, well, it's a grot, so weapon skill so, four. It's what you'd expect. Strength four? Well, that's better so, than a gr- so, normal grot. So okay. You know, strength, strength three, strength tough three. three. Yeah, it's like, oh, a little bit better. But, uh, and, and then, his, his, and then we- you get to his weapon. weapon. <laughs> his, his stab. It's like, okay, well, strength user. Okay, yeah. Mm-hmm. AP zero. Sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, damage one. Uh, but then the special effect is if you roll a six to wound, it does three mortal wounds. <laughs> so, like, like, so, like, oh. so he's like, what? Oh, okay. Well, Makari's going to go stab a Lord of Skulls. Oh. <laughs> and, and he didn't ever hit. He didn't roll the sixes. He, he, yeah. Uh, but he did tank 18 hits from a Lord of Skulls yep. with his two up in Vulm. So. Given given enough, given a long enough timeline, that would have been a very interesting fight. But we, yeah. we called it after that because it was it, like, once Gaz died and I thinned out your boys, the yeah. unit of boys, you had a unit of shooter boys and, and some grots, grots, but I had Angron yeah. at eight wounds left and Lord of Skulls with, was still like 
It was 20, I think, or yeah, mid years like that. Yeah. So it was like, it was pretty obvious. It would have just been sweep, you know, clean up at that yeah. point. And we wanted to, the, their Titan game had it just ended. So we're like, well, well, our, we, our Titan game was already done. We were now doing a practice game right, between yeah. his so they were kind of, and my Yeah. So they were figuring some stuff. So we were like, okay, their, their next game ended. And yes. we decided that we wanted to do like our four way Titan battle, which was our fun. super heavy battle. Yeah. Cause yeah. it's like, I have my town R, you have your Revenant. Revenant Titan. And we're like, okay, so, well, you have a Stompa. Yep. You have a Lord of Skulls, but then yep. we also, again, we're looking at the point so, disparity yeah, and we're like. 1500 points for the Revenant Titan, 1000 points for the Tautar, 675 and 575. I still think, and I've heard other people agree with me, the Revenant is overcosted. Oh, 100%. Yeah. <laughs> because, I mean, with its range of guns, if I'm shooting you with my sonic weapons, yeah. I'm in melee range for yeah. you to come charge yes. me and I don't get invulns in melee, which means I'm dead. Yeah. That's one of the reasons 100%. why I was able to kick it to death. I think. 100%. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah. So we're like, you know, what would make this more even? Obviously, we don't have a whole, want to have a whole bunch of units, but yeah. I'm like, well, wait a minute. You've got Gasgol. You've got Angron. Point wise, those pretty much bring it to around yeah. a thousand points each. Yeah. And so yeah. we're like, okay, that's our matchup. And you were even able to put Gasgol. In, in the, the stomp, yeah, in the stomp, it would be <laughs> yeah. great. And so we, I think we ro- we rolled off and ended up. You got first turn, yeah. And it, it, it the way we rolled it out ended up being clockwise across the, around the table. And so you, we were all at four different table cor- corners, like right in the corner. Yeah. So you were technically closest to me. Yep. And you came after me with a lot of shooting. And managed like you you pulled a few wounds off of it. Yeah, like, the first it like, turn it wasn't. Too it was bad. like. Four or five, five. yeah, so something for, like that. So first turn, wounds. not not too bad. So then on my first turn, I think I mostly focused on the re- on the revenant. Yeah, I think with so. some think so, with yeah. some shots, yeah. on a, the a couple of yeah, shots. I think you split a little bit. Yeah, because yeah. I think I did the main gun at you, and, and then like I did missiles the, at me. Yeah, I, I did smart missiles. Yeah. I burst cans weren't in range of anybody, and I'm one of. I think I want to put like one gun, arm gun on you and one arm gun on you. Yeah, that sounds right. Sounds right. Uh, which ended up doing a little bit of damage to you. Your invuln save shrugged a lot of it off. I did some damage to the stomp, but not a ton. Yeah. And then when I got to go, I tried to also retaliate and share the wealth. There was only one person I could move that I wanted to move close to, which was the Taunar, because the <laughs> other two, if I moved close to them, they would melee me to death, and right. I wanted to survive more than a turn. So... Rob got the brunt, or the town I got the brunt of all the sonic weapons. I think you that pulled me down from like twenty five well, wounds to eleven. I rolled yeah. insanely you were, like, high. Your dice were yeah. hot, no, and no. then I like, fired the other missiles at the Lord of Skulls, and it did. Did I plank you for a wound or not? Uh, maybe, and I <laughs> it regenerated it. It was. It was like it was. It was bad. It was the exact opposite of the rolls for the town. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, <laughs> and then it went. Uh, that was my entire turn because I can't do much. Then we went to the Lord of Skulls and Ang- Angron, and Angron ran forward. The Lord of Skulls moved as far forward, took some shots. I think at the town ta- because I have a little bit of range, off and that was basically more. it. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> "This is target. As long as people are not shooting me, I'm good. I tried to shoot <laughs> yeah, you. I was like, that's what. That's what I was saying. Is like nobody shooting Angron. That's good for me. <laughs> well, the Skulls was in the way. Right. Right. Yeah. I I yeah. screened him. <laughs> and then we got to go back to the Stompa. Yep. It, it, uh, I disembarked Gasgol and he called a wah and ran <laughs> at the town arm. Yep. <laughs> and then the, the Stompa, like, turned to face off against Angron. <laughs> yep. And, um, like, 
Gaz's shooting at, at the town are didn't do anything. Right. Um, and then pretty much the Stompa unloaded almost everything into Angron. Yeah. Like, I did a few things, I think, at the, the Lord of Skulls, but they, yeah. I don't think it did anything. Nah, not really. Um, yeah. But then, like, I pretty sure like that that killed yeah that angron. killed angron because he's not very tough and he's not very tough. but I, we were since we were letting him use wall i was like well i'm blood tithe points so i was yep. keeping track of that and so i was like all right well and by the time i rolled back around to me i had enough to pop him right back down yeah. well, and but, also i think we, then, we determined that yeah. gasgill was going to run at my town art because my if anyone's yeah. seen photos of my tau they're all painted up in green and we're like well that's the, the biggest big green, green guy on the board so therefore he <laughs> must sure. be the boss that i need to for take sure. out yeah. for yeah. sure so he headed your way and what happened then uh he murdered the town art well uh, did it, you kill because i thought act- i was the first one out yeah, or, it no, was, maybe it, it I think he failed that charge. That, no, oh, I made the charge. Oh, but you made your invone save. Oh, oh that's right. Because you right. have invone saves. I do melee. have invone. Not yeah. fair. So then it got back so to good. my turn, and I said, "Well, they're engaged. I'll go towards the Lord of Skulls and put everything there." And that's when my my hot dice for the sonic just weapons went completely went, cold. I might have done, what three, four, maybe. Yeah, it not was, much. It was it was not much. Yeah. And then since I could do that to you, guess what that meant. You were close enough for me to hit you back. And you did. <laughs> yeah. So by the time, like, yeah. So Angron had died. So it's like, okay, I have a blood time point for that. Then I killed the Revenant. Yep. Got blood tithe points for that. So I was the first one yeah. out because of the Lord of Skulls. <laughs> yeah. But the yeah, Lord of Skulls ran over and just went, blur, you know, chain, chain X, go burr. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and then back to to the orc turn, um, like, Gazgull finally finished off the town are but like had actually taken like another he he ended up with uh just having three like wounds? three wounds left because the yeah, tower I, kicked him. I kicked him i actually kicked him pretty hard but yeah. <laughs> well for four to, yep. yeah because you what he's got 12 base right yeah. yes yep. i think i got you for four in overwatch uh i think so or no i didn't have uh, Overwatch. we couldn't do overwatch because we didn't have command points right right so yeah. but no i I think you didn't make that first charge, and I managed to pe- peel off some wounds. I, know, I think you I think shot you, him while you were in shot close him combat. In All right, okay, yeah, that's yeah, right. That's yeah, right. Yeah, 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 close combat, yeah. I shot you. And yeah. then, yeah, so I got you down to three, but that's when you finished off the town. Right, it did not explode, so... You right. didn't kill Gasgol. But I got more blood yeah. tithe points. <laughs> yeah, you got three more blood tithe. <laughs> and so yeah. then it was back to Kevin and, and Richard playing the <laughs> grudge match of the game they just yeah. played. Right. And then Angron dropped it. I summoned Angron behind the, the Stompa, which, yeah, it... It kind of ended up being like the reverse, yeah. where like, like in our first game, my Stompa failed its charge, but Gasgol made his charge, yep. <laughs> and and like those failed charges basically, like the successful charge did good and the failed charge did bad. Yep, but then like it reversed where <laughs> Gasgol failed his charge into Angron and but the Stompa charged into the Lord of Skulls. Yeah. But the Stompa I think had just been worn down too much at that point. Yeah. And so it you know, did a little bit of damage and, and to you know the as, Lord of Skulls. As Dennis keeps pointing out, like yeah. being able to have an invuln in melee yeah. makes, like, a big, makes, makes a huge it, difference. Makes a huge difference, yes. So yeah, I got the Stompa, and then Angron. I'm, I was happy because I got to throw like 30, 
32 dice, I think, whatever, for his, his oh, attacks gosh. against, against the, the, against Gazgul. Only did three wounds. Right. But he only, <laughs> had, he only had three left. But I only had three left. <laughs> so, so, yeah, that was a fun, that yeah, was fun. Th- those are the, just the kind of fun, silly games we don't get to do a lot, but it's, it was fun to get every, all the big stuff together and fight. And speaking of getting big stuff together and fight, there was one event we didn't talk about from Saturday night, and that was the Night Joust. Yeah, so I, I ran the night just. We ended up having uh, six players came in. Uh, so we did a 3v3 uh, match for the start of the night joust. And we had uh, Kevin, Dennis, and uh, Janelle uh, on one team. And then we had a player, I'm sorry, I can't remember his name. And then Philip, who uh, brought enough nights for everybody to share um, on the other team. And uh, it ended up that uh, Kevin and Dennis, their team, ended up winning the first one. So we had a three-way uh, free-for-all for the, the second round. The dice were really hot on those armatures that were with us. Yeah, Janelle is, uh, I think we called her a dice witch. Uh, she has managed to roll amazing with those Armagers. Well, I was, I was shooting my, uh, rapid fire battle cannon at the Chaos Knight. That was the Chaos Melee Knight that could, like, the Rampager that could, like, run and move faster. I shot the, what, the gun and it says 2d6 number of shots. I rolled 10 and then 10. And then oh, hit and wounded with most of those. So I blew him off the table pretty quickly. And I guess the night I was kind of squared off against, I didn't, really finish off janelle had to help me on it and then i i was able to finish it off in melee because no invone saves in melee yeah i mean yeah and i think like probably the most memorable moment of the the three-way grudge match though was uh dennis chasing down two armagers as they completely run away from (laughs) him to go after kevin (laughs) he he had us in in three different so kevin was in the one like say the far north corner i was in the far south corner and then she was on the other side of the board in In the the middle. middle okay and so she had two arms. She could go one at each of us. But what I was scared of is she has range. Kevin's knight has range. I've got 30 inches of range. Yeah, because you had the thermal cannon and the melee weapon. Yeah. I had a warden, so I had the Gatling cannon and the battle cannon. Yeah. And then she had the, you know, the so, armatures. So my plan was to guns. just run up to maybe the middle, see where you guys go. Whoever gets closest to me, I'll try and kill. And so, yes, she was running away. <laughs> yeah, but um, when you finally did catch her... Um, you loaded, unloaded that um, uh, thermal, thermal cannon, cannon right into her and uh, double ones on the shots. Yeah. I rolled two ones for my number of shots because it's D3 each or 2D3. Right. And then I rolled like twos and ones to hit. Oh. Uh-huh. No, I think I did hit with one, but then the wound roll, I rolled a one. So I just, I just flat out. Which whiffed it. Nothing happened. Yeah, so what should have obliterated an Armager uh, left it still alive to go after Kevin again. With no damage. I I I, did nothing. Yeah. Kevin got mad at me. I got mad mad at you. I I legitimately (laughs) thought about just shooting everything at you out of spite, but I I tried to play it tactically and rolled poorly and didn't. You should have gone with a spite. I should have. Yeah, I mean, if being a World Leaders player has taught me anything, it should always go with spite. And she she kept shooting you. I think she got you down to one wound, right? Yeah, she kept shooting me and got me down to one wound, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then uh, it turns out that Dennis did redeem himself yes. by getting in there, getting the... I believe you ended up getting a charge off to, uh, uh, to no, finish it. Or did you do it all with the thermal all cannons? All the thermal cannon. And then, uh, yeah, so with uh, Armagers wounded and uh, Kevin wounded from the Armagers, uh, Dennis managed to pull off a, a pretty good victory just out kind of that. Of clean it, do clean yeah, up? I, I just did clean up, and Kevin was the, the second one there, but I had to decide, do I just yeah. finish him off with the little... Stubber gun or the Icarus cannon or do I use the thermal cannon? So I use the thermal cannon at yeah. least to make him feel like yeah, yeah, it would have felt better. I would have been I would have been really mad if you'd finished me off with a stubber. 
No, it was fun. It was uh, night jazz. Is always a blast. Night jazz is fun. So. I, I would. I, I want to try and see what we can do to get more players out there because it is a lot more fun if you have more players, even if it goes late. Because we. Yeah, that's a- that's the reason I begged off from playing in it because I'm like. Didn't last yeah. year's go to like one in the morning? Uh, midnight-ish. So that's one of the things that we were, uh, we didn't expect. Uh, we finished everything on time on Saturday. And so running it on Saturday night, we were afraid we wouldn't have a lot of players and we didn't end up because I think a lot of people figured, oh, well, this isn't going to be done until get started until like nine o'clock. And then, oh, we're going to do this for three hours and we're not going to get out of here until midnight. I'd just rather go, uh, you know, grab dinner with my friends and stuff. I, I will so. admit that thought crossed my mind too. So yeah, um, but now that we're starting to figure out, we're getting this stuff down, we're getting everything done on time. Um, I'm hoping that we can get uh, a few more players in for the night just next year. Cause yeah, having eight to 10, uh, 12, nights, uh, 12 16, nights on the players. If we great. can get even more, uh, I'm open to having as many night players as we want on here and we can get it done. Yeah. I mean that, yeah, that's, that was the one thing that kept me away was being concerned about time. But if you, it seems like you guys figured out the, like yeah. as you've gotten the, the, your main event running smoother. Yeah. Then, uh, yeah. So next year, I'll probably be in. I'll just have to figure out which night I want to bring. And I, <laughs> and probably bring a few extras in case anybody shows up and wants to play and doesn't have a night. Yeah. Say if somebody that's traveling from out of state and doesn't want to care, take an extra one on a plane. Yeah. Somebody like that, <laughs> but not you, <laughs> but not me. Oh. <laughs> somebody like that, yeah. but not this, yeah. but not me. Yeah. Not that's, you. Fair. that's fair. That's <laughs> fair. And that's the other thing about the night joust. If you do happen to be playing nights of the tournament uh, and you don't pre-register, we do allow moment of registration for the night joust. So drop your $10, come over, bring your nights and play. Yeah, it's. I mean, it is one of the most casual events yeah. you'll oh, see. super casual. It, mean, it is the best $10 you'll spend all weekend, for yeah. sure. I mean, some of the people don't even play normal 40k games they just show up for the night joust yeah. yeah and as far as casual goes i mean we still do offer prize support for it so dennis got him a nice uh plaque and then a box of armagers to take home for winning the night joust which will go nicely at w- once you make them into like helver and war dogs yeah because I, 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 i'm gonna lean into chaos, chaos. <laughs> hey i already said i like chaos nights more than imperial knights I know, just so saying. when whispering chaos into the when warp. 10th hits i will look at what i need to do to flush out the chaos yeah. night army and then i'll just have to get them painted which is the slow part yeah <laughs> knights paint fast if you yeah but also they're, they're lower on my priority for 10th than than votan and um eldari fair enough fair enough yeah i think that pretty much covers yeah. everything we yeah. everything that's gone on this weekend yeah. um so uh again thanks very much to larry and the rest of the heroic morale team uh greg timms was to for the main event um and for everybody that volunteered, whether they were volunteering as judges, whether they're volunteering as uh, data collection, cleanup, uh, just any sort of assistance. Since it takes an army to put on one of it these. It does. It yeah. does. Yeah. Well, on behalf of the whole Heroic Morale Warhammer team, we want to thank the Preferred Enemies for uh, really giving the reputation set in stone for this event. Because without you guys getting this thing started, uh, we would have had nothing to take on. Um, so we really do appreciate you guys handing the torch over to us on this. And uh, I hope we can keep it a great event here in Kansas City for years to come. I think you will. And I, the way the last two years have gone, I regret nothing. I think this has been in very good hands. Yeah, for sure. Well, that wraps up our recording for Sunday night. Uh, We are going to be doing some more recording tomorrow, so there will be a part two to this episode (laughs) because the four of us are getting together and playing some boarding action. Which I brought my boarding action box from home, Dallas, and so we're going to get some of those games. Yeah, something that we have not had a chance to do yet, so this will be new for... 
all of us except Dennis, who has been playing solo games to yes. get the rules kind of yeah. under his belt. So you'll you will be our game master for the event. I'm ready. Yeah, right. <laughs> so uh, that will be our part two. So uh, we will see you in a bit. Miniatures. We build them. We paint them. We love them. That's why we also want to get them to the battle and back again safely. And that's where Care Multicase comes in. They offer a complete model storage and transport system. They offer a wide selection of core trays for standard size miniatures, as well as custom cut trays for specific models. KR's trays are made of a soft foam, available in a variety of colors, that won't scratch or snag your models. And to protect the foam, the trays are carried in easily stackable, swappable cardboard cases. They also offer a full range of Kaiser bags, backpacks, and aluminum cases for transporting your KR cases. You can even choose from pre-built tray selections to suit your army, or use the Autofill app to find just the right trays for your particular force. Whatever your game, 40K, X-Wing, Warm Hordes, or Historicals, KR Multicase has the cases to fit your needs. You can find out more at krmulticase.com. KR Multicase, soft foam for your figures, hard cases for the soft foam. Are you tired of playing on a boring battlefield? Do you want to step up the quality of your gaming table and make your battle look real? Then you need to check out the battle mats from Game Mat. Their professionally designed rubber-based mats are just what your gaming table needs. Available in a variety of styles, with everything from rolling grasslands to urban war zones, winter wastelands to alien deserts, there's a Game Mat mat to fit any kind of terrain. Their mats are padded, anti-slip, waterproof, and when you're done rolling dice and battling on your mat, just roll it up and stick it in the convenient carrying bag for easy transport and storage. And if you don't have a gaming table, they've got you covered with their folding G-board portable gaming area and their line of pre-painted resin terrain. If you're ready to upgrade your gaming table, head over to www.gamemat.eu and find the gaming mat that's right for you. Game Mat, giving your armies the battlefield they deserve. And we're back. This is the second promised part of our coverage from uh, Midwest Conquest Weekend, except we're not on the weekend. We're on Memorial Day Monday itself. Which is still part of the weekend. It is still part of Memorial Day weekend, weekend, yeah. Uh, And as promised, at the end of the last segment, uh, we are going to talk about playing Boarding Party now. I have Devin and Kenneth. I have have Dennis and Kevin here. Richard was not able to join us because he caught the Concrud, not COVID. He tested negative, so we're good there. But... uh, uh, so it'll just, it was just the three of us this evening, but Dennis, thank you for bringing your boarding action terrain set yeah, for f- sure from Dallas. I'm glad I got to play against other people. I mean, <laughs> practice games by myself is one yeah. thing, but having other armies and other people's for ideas sure. and strategies is, is definitely makes the game more fun. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. So, uh, we actually got to try out what five different armies, six different, ar- five, five different, five. Five. I played my, I played world leaders three times and you guys play different armies. <laughs> Cause yeah, I played, uh, death guard and Tau and you p- and Dennis custodes and Eldari. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, and actually we did, so the first matchup was, uh, Custodes versus World Eaters. Warriors, yep. Then we had a Death Guard versus World Eaters. Yep. We had Tau versus Eldari, and then Tau versus World, World Eaters. Eaters. Yeah. And two different game, or maps we used. Yeah. yeah. I, and that is, that was partially because, you know, we wanted to, you know, each get a chance to play the missions, and also because, uh, as Dennis, I believe you have mentioned on the show when talking about your practice games, Tear down, build up and tear down is 
honestly longer than the games in yeah. many cases. Yeah. And, I mean, and somewhat dangerous at times. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think, I don't know what you did. <laughs> I know what I did. I was, I was trying to like grip it to like flip the cap off and I dragged my finger on it to get leverage and I caught the rivets and ripped my thumb up. <laughs> yeah. But no, I, I I'm don't, an idiot. I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't think tear down and set up is, is too bad. And also, it, if you're doing it as a group, it kind of lets yeah. you chit chat while you're setting up. So it's kind of part of the experience in a yeah. way. The, the only problem that I found, like when we were first setting up the first game, was <laughs> the pieces are all like have to be positioned a certain way. It's, it's certain pieces to make everything. Doors fit. have to open doors certain open. ways. And like that's the hard thing. Until you were familiar with the train, or until you like, unless you mark it somewhere, it's really hard to be like, well, this is a one what does that piece look like? You right. know, so I wasn't familiar with it. So you're like, oh, yeah, it's A1 and A2. And I'm like... And, and you hmm. saw me, one, I, <laughs> yeah. I was flipping back and forth yeah. in the book because the book has it yeah. spelled out. Yeah, but it's just not together. It's also, yeah. I've teared apart and put up like five or six times already and you've done it right. one. Once you do it multiple times, I'm sure it gets a lot faster, yeah. but it's just, it's not intuitive because a lot of the no. pieces oh, look my, very, very similar. My first time doing setup and teardown, like you guys heard, was I'm like, I'm spending about an hour setting. I mean, maybe yeah. it wasn't an hour, but it, it felt forever because I, I was going and felt, back and I think, honestly, I, I, I say it feels longer. I think with a couple of people working on it, which assuming yeah. that you have, you are playing with a friend. Yeah. Two people working on it. You have the map. And if you know the pieces pretty well, it looks like about 10, 15 minutes. Yeah. yeah. And then... A game, maybe 45. You could basically set up a board and play within an hour. Yeah. yeah. And if you have two elite armies or two shooting armies, games might take 20 minutes. Like, yeah. Eight Bounded Custodes did not take long. Yeah. I think yeah. the longest thing was checking out rules. Death Guard yeah. and uh, World Eaters did not take long. Death Guard and Tau might have taken longer because it would just been a lot of, I can't wound you, you can't get to me. Yeah. But we didn't play that matchup because I have both those armies here. I mean, just in general, like, 500-point armies, like, are just smaller. Yeah. So it just, it plays faster. It's much more dynamic. It's much more, um, like, movement and positioning are, like, so much more important. So, like, in that way, it's it's kind of like other skirmish games, like Infinity or, you know, Kill Team and stuff like that, but still feels like 40K as well. Yeah. And I think that's because, like, I always said to you guys, positioning is key. You can't block yeah. line. Of, so much things block line of sight. Yeah. But at the same time, the train block line of sight because yeah. it is, you're it's in It's windy. It's, yeah. Uh, shooting through doorways is very narrow because, like, <laughs> depending on how you set up your models, like, I was, I, by the last game, when I kind of, like, got the, the real feel for it, um, I was angling my models like yep. th- diagonally so I could do five shots in like a couple of, dir- like I could shoot five guys yep. in one direction or other. And because you generally split your squads into fives, like I could maximize my firepower. But when you get up to a hatchway, you're lucky to get two people shooting because yep. the person standing behind them doesn't get doesn't to shoot. shoot. And as, you know, for Tau, that was a big problem because I'm used to having volleys of shots, yeah. of good shots. And I was only able to really pull that off a couple of times in the last game. When people were out in the open. <laughs> when people were out yeah. in the open and I could kind of angle a couple of units and maximize firepower, not give anybody cover. And then, of course, that's when my dice decided to go completely cold. Yeah. Well, and, and as we saw in the other game, the other games I was playing with the, with the eight bound, like they're, they're tough and they've got good invuln saves. Like it almost like, I, I, there was a couple of times I was like, well, I need to like position him here to get cover. And I'm like, but why? No, I don't. I can just stand him out. I just stand you, him out. You were using your four up in bone saves yeah. so much. Yeah. But going back to your other point, shooting through hatchways. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Because you can only kill the people you can see. 
you might fire a lot of shots at a unit, even if you could see it, you don't, or the units, you see part of them. Yeah. The rest are still there. Yeah. But yeah, you can just like, I can pick off one or two guys and, and then that, the rest of that squad's going to go through the door and shoot me. And as Kevin said to us, it's like, Hey, this is great for assault armies because I can just kind of hug a wall. Yep. And then move in and get in the charge. There, there were a couple of times where eight bound ran past a unit. You know, well, that, that was, that was on Overwatch and was able to just kind of get past him and hide behind another wall. There was other times where I was able to move up to the edge of a wall and hide there and wait a turn and make you come to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and those things were all huge because in a normal 40k game, you can't really do that as much. Like you can still get up to a place there, but it's, it's much more wide open. There's much more stuff. There's much more angles of fire. It's like, yeah, maybe I'm hidden from this unit, but all of the stuff that's over here can still shoot at me. So it's still. In this game, because everything is so claustrophobic, yeah, you, if you're able to hide and cut off any shots, it's it's helpful and it'll keep you alive. The other thing about eight bound is they were so fast. Yes, your your movement speed is a big deal in this game to get because yeah. I mean you only have five turns. Yeah, the board is kind of big. I mean, it's not as big as a forty k game, but it's it's large enough that. It might take five turns to traverse from one side to the other. Yeah, the game that I was watching of you playing Eldar versus Tau, your um, Storm Guardians were like basically deployed on the opposite ends and never really got into the game. Just well, I mean, there part, was some, they were there because they got on objectives, they stickied them. Yes, yeah. And then part of that was I was actually afraid of the Tau shooting because sure. I'm like, if I open this door. I can move them forward next turn, but Rob will open his door and then he will just shoot them. And I don't, yeah. and then if he shoots them, then he can actually get to the subjective yeah. easier. So I wanted to no, keep that sure. door closed to prevent that. And so that's why then oh, yeah, well, I mean, I'm going to run around. It was tactical and there's other things involved yes. with it. But it's like, if you line up on in that one where it's like, I'm on the, this extreme edge is on that extreme edge. Like that's a long way to go to close. And then the flip side of, I, I've said, I don't like Votan in boarding actions. I think you ran into that mm-hmm. with Death Guard, Rob. Yeah. They just don't have the movement to get where they need to go. Now, I, I think that also is because of the, the units I took. Cause mm-hmm. I, I wanted to go for like taking resilient units. So I took, like, I had a Lord of Contagion. I had a unit of Blight Lord Terminators. I had a unit of Plague Marines and I had a Foul Blight Spawn. Yep. Um, the Foul Blight Spawn, it actually worked pretty well for like opening up a door and just like hosing down somebody yep. who was in the room. <laughs> that was fun. Yeah, that was, absolutely. that, that worked well. Um, but other than that, like, they couldn't get to objectives from the point. Like, and I, you know, that's also a thing where like I should have deployed like the plague Marines closer to an objective than I did. And this is, this was your first game. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a brand new style. So it is, you cannot think of it the same way you think of a, a, cause I went into that thinking I will just survive fire. I will survive attacks and I will just, you know, persevere. And, what it what happened was I couldn't get to objectives, um, and because I like I think Death Guard are even in a worse spot than Voton because you have hunter weapons you can like move can you advance and fire hunter okay, no. but you also always advance three right yeah yeah so yeah. um yeah my weapons like I can I suffer no penalty if I do a normal move but I can't like if I advance I can't shoot yeah um and. Uh, so yeah, I wasn't able to get onto objectives and I think I scored what five points all game that cause I just couldn't yeah, get was, to anything. Yeah. Yeah. And also the resilience in this particular case did not matter against eight bound. Against yeah, yeah. Eight bound. The weight of attacks. And, and, uh, I was, I was a little bit more worried at the beginning of the Tau game cause I was like, 
I was taking his alt at eight pounds. So like they had multiple, you know, could do multiple damage and like multiple, yeah, a lot of multiple damage, high, uh, AP. So like against the, uh, death guard, I was doing one damage, two damage, you mm-hmm. know, because you were, you were reducing it and you're, you know, you're reducing my toughness and stuff, but. I was a little bit worried. Well, I was able to get weight of attacks to still kind of whittle them down. Mm. And then on the Tau, I just had, again, kind of weight of attacks was still able to cut through things. Whereas I did but, not because of, again, sh- having to have shooting lined up just yep. so. So I, I think this format definitely favors melee over shooting. Um, and I, and I think like we're looking at like the exalted eight band, like all the things that they used that all stacked for them to be really, to perform really well. They have. Good toughness. They have good strength. They have a lot of attacks. They have the invuln save, but the biggest was just the nine inch movement, like being I, able to move. Yeah, I would so say much. in this edition, melee beats shooting because yep. you get all your attacks, whereas shooting doesn't. Yep. Uh, speed beats durability. Yes. If you can get somewhere, which is like again, Eldar don't have to be tough. I can get to where I need I to mean, be before he, you. He do. said um, the eight bound howling banshees. Yeah, I think we're the all star in in our game. Oh, absolutely, yeah. because they went in. They I murdered. managed to kill four of them. She, the Exarch held, and then she slaughtered. Well, they already slaughtered a squad before yeah. that too. Yeah, before she slaughtered another squad, and mm-hmm. and also her tied up three of your other units. So she effectively she locked me down, locked on, you on, four on, of in your one units. like quadrant of the yes, board. Four just of your eight units were down one. by one unit of mine. So yeah. that was a that was a huge well, trade for me. And that's kind of what happened in our game as well. Like that that one unit of eight bound that I deployed as far forward as I could. Basically controlled everything in that corner. Took out your stealth suits. Took out that Pathfinder team. Took out the Breacher team. Like, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. And if you can combine speed with survivability, such as with yeah. the eight bound yeah. or the Banshee at minus yeah. minus one to be hit at all times, yeah. and I can't set Overwatch. I fight last against you when you charge. It's like there's not much I can do. Banshees are just amazing. Okay. In, in the, no, yeah. but in no, this they, format they especially. Absolutely. No, oh, absolutely. In every format. Banshees are amazing. <laughs> they are. Yeah. They're I mean, I, I might have rose-tinted glasses sure. on, but but another thing I'll toss out now is you guys have now played the game. You've built lists with what you mm-hmm. thought it would be like. Mm-hmm. What tweaks? Because I know in our game, Rob, where you said, I probably should have brought at least one strike team. Right. Yeah. Well, and... That one was also kind of specific for that map because every map different. <laughs> yeah, that particular right. map had a very long hallway with yep. doors on either side at like connected to deployment zones. Yeah. So had I had a strike team, I would have placed them like kind of where I had my crew set up, open the door, step out, do the diagonal line, so mm-hmm. I could put five shots down the hallway at thirty inches. That's going to pretty much cover that entire hallway. I could just set them to Overwatch. And then either force you to charge your banshees in, who I can't overwatch, but that's a long run down that yep. hallway, and I have opportunities to pop people out and yep. from other angles and shoot you. Right, it's sort of like a trench run. Yeah, no, yeah. no, absolutely. <laughs> but sure. it, the reason I took breachers was because I figured we're going to be in kind of like close quarters. I'm going to be within eight to fourteen inches, so this extra strength AP and, is going to make a big difference. And when we were though, that. The breachers, the, the breachers shredded the Eldar when they got close. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I don't feel bad about that. And, like my Tau list, I don't know if I would have changed a whole lot because the Pathfinders, I think, were very important. Yep. Y- even just getting a couple, like one or two marker light hits on somebody, can make yeah. a big difference. Yep. Um, the Crute, I think, actually weren't bad because if they can get cover, their saves get even better. Mm-hmm. They do give me a melee element that I don't have otherwise. 
You can't take crisis suits. I can take one. You can take cri- one. I can take a stealth suit, a crisis suit, or a farsight. Okay. Which is why the oh. farsight box isn't legal because it gives you farsight and a crisis suit. Sure. There. But <laughs> I, uh, I wonder. I think farsight would be would be aces in this. Like I think farsight would really do some work in well, this. Well, yes and no. Farsight's good, but he's in a crisis suit. Crisis suits lose fly and only move six inches in combat. Uh, yeah. So he's it slows him down yeah. a bit. He's resilient. He's got a shield sure. gen. He's got four wounds or maybe five wounds. I think five five wounds. I he's think. got five yeah. wounds. Yeah. You know, he's got a three up. I think three up four up. Uh, he's got the plasma rifle, which is only a couple of shots, but nobody else is blocking him. Yeah. And the, he's killer with the Dawn Blade. Like, I, I, I would be interested to see what he And do also, in this playing Farsight Enclaves in this format actually wouldn't be bad because if you're within like nine or 12 inches, you count as having a, or like you count as having mm-hmm. a marker light token. So. Oh, wow. Yeah. No, it's great. So you're yeah. hitting on threes close up. You play Montca. So first three turn, you basically, you want to rush the table. Yep. Um, it's a little bit trickier though, because rushing the table in this format means you have to negotiate hallways and doorways yep. and it, so it's, it'll be tough. Um, but yeah, I think, yeah, I did contemplate using, uh, a crisis commander, mm-hmm. uh, not necessarily farsight, although I definitely could see using farsight. The downside is he's expensive. He's yeah. like 160 points. And that was one of the problems I had with the death guard was that the blight lord terminators were nearly half my army. The lord of contagion was, yeah. Oh, like a, like I had 360 points tied up in ter- in six terminators. Oh, I, I know that feeling with that's custodes. another thing for or yeah. custodes, but Voton itself with the points increases from last edition, it's hard to fit a good army in 500 points. I think what I probably would have done is I really liked the Exalted Eight Bound. I probably would have dropped the other the third units, mm-hmm. so just two units for two units of jackals. Mm-hmm. Um, well, you so have to have, do the eight bound to have the corn berserker trait because no. remember, well, I'd have to look. I don't know. So one berserkers, one. Jackals. I don't think so. I don't think they do because you had yeah because you can't have more jackals than you have berserkers. So I you think have. the berserkers is just the corn berserkers. Yeah, unit, but um, so you'd have to like you'd have to have a unit of berserkers and a unit of jackals and two eight bounds. But but yeah, um, or like just a unit of jackals at least so to hold objectives. First. <laughs> um, yeah, I guess that's true. Yeah, they're not. Yeah, only corn berserker. Only the berserker units is berserker. So, so you'd have to have. So I'd have to take a unit of. So yeah, I'd have to look at it and see. But like maybe like the eight bound were really good, but have only having four units made me have to make some choices, and like it was hard. Although like with the movement, it wasn't as hard to do board control as I thought. But right. Um, but you had to leave some people behind to yeah. hold the objectives to get the scoring. Yeah. Because your guys were not opsec to kind of do the action yeah. to sticky it and then keep so, moving. So maybe, yeah, so maybe trying to add like a corn berserker unit and a, and a jackal unit and like dropping the master of executions who's, I took him because he was cheap. Um, I thought he did a great job dying in our games. Yeah, I mean, he, <laughs> it's, the problem with the master of executions is it's exactly the same problem that um, like the chaos lord and the chaos sorcerer have in the death card codex or cultists have in the death card codex is that none of the other stuff like keys off them so they're they're not as good as everything else um i think in this in this format though that's not necessary because like what you're really going to be taking things like cultists or 
you know, like bodies like yeah. cultists, poxwalkers, things like jackals, things like that, yeah. is they are body, and maybe not poxwalkers because they can't do actions. Well, and I think... I think just death, depart, yeah. Well, and also I don't believe cult, Death Guard cultists are obsec. I think it's only the... I want to say only Plague Marines yeah, are, are obsec. Fair, yeah. So you could, I was like, you could sticky, couldn't could sticky objectives with them, but you could but, sit them in back or rush them up yeah. to get the extra movement. Well, like, I don't feel bad parking a unit of jackals on an objective and not having them move. Mm-hmm. It kind of sucks to be like, all right, I'm putting an HQ unit mm-hmm. and a unit of eight bounds. <laughs> right. So I'm spending 200 points. I mean, camping Granted. objectives and scoring and that, la- you know, that last you mission were, scoring. You were cranking 20 out points, 20 points you know, a turn, so but, they were doing their job. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. So I think I might have done that just to try to, but I, I definitely would want to try to get two units of eight bound in there mm-hmm. because two units, like with their speed, can really get forward and, and cause havoc. But yeah, yeah, maybe maybe trying to figure out a way to get jackals or berserkers because I think berserkers would also do really good in this. They mm-hmm. they only move six. That's but, still solid. Yeah, but but they get so many attacks, and again, they get the benefits of cover and you know all that stuff. So they can take some good weapons and dish out a lot of attacks. Maybe if I had points, maybe throw some spawn in just for blood tithe points because <laughs> I only gain blood tithe points when my units die in this version. Yeah, well, like so. I I thought about you know like I have a couple of spawn. I could have like put a couple of spawn yeah. in for my death guard because mm-hmm. death guard spawn, you know, one of the special rules they have for him is they get six wounds and disgustingly resilient. Well, and I also, I also so, think, as a free up, which normally they have to like pay for. Yeah. I also think in like this version, um, spawn are not actually like a bad unit to take because again, you're getting cover. So the, you the, can their, hunt. their dodgy saves isn't as bad and they can get a boatload of melee attacks hmm. and get some pretty disgusting, like, um, abilities in melee so yeah. they may not even be a bad unit and they move really fast no so. i i agree i, I don't think yeah. spawn would be bad in this so i was thinking about a couple of the other factions that i didn't build forces mm-hmm. for um i think my like bloody rose sisters would be really good in yeah. this not to, i mean if you lean heavily into like seraphim and zephyrim obviously yeah. not because you can't take them because they fly yeah but repentia, repentia. which i re- repentia yes. would do very well and I think you could shave, uh, shave some points off by taking like a unit of novitiates. Yeah. Yeah, you could. I, I know when I did my practice games, when I used my sisters, I was limited to pretty much just the battle sister squads because everything else has either fly or a paragon warsuit. Mm-hmm. They did not do well because just sisters by themselves. Mm-hmm. They, I mean, they're, they're well rounded, but they're not actually good at anything solidly. So yeah, like you said, Repentia or other the specialty Infantry yeah. units. Uh, yeah. Dominions well, get a scout move. Dominions the scout move, or like, is it is it Celestins that can take like all flamers? Uh, or is Celestin, yeah. Well, Dominions can take. Dominions all. do okay. Dominions do all flamers. Yeah, like a scout move. Dominions with a flamer squad in this would or would a unit really of Sacrosants with their shields. Yeah, like they could move up and and hold like survive. Mm-hmm. Like that, I think that could be that could be interesting. Um, and then. Emperor's Children, I think, you know, taking noise marines focused on close combat, backed up by some noise marines with uh, sonic blasters. Do they still have the fight on death? Uh, they don't have fight. They don't have fight on death or shoot on death. And okay, they, they, yeah, they, okay, they did. Okay, yeah, they did in the in the eighth edition codex. Right, okay. uh, now they have. Let me look it up because now it's like a stratagem to do that in chaos marines. Okay. Trying to think what any of my unit, like, what of my other ones would be good. Like, Necrons would yeah, be... Yeah, now they, they don't even have an ability. Now it's just 
Um, I will say each time, you know, sonic weapons do extra damage at half range, mm -hmm. which and the close quarters Solid. of this would be very good. You wouldn't really have to worry about taking a Blastmaster. Uh, you can just focus on taking sonic weapons. And where now I will say like the Doom Siren would be really good. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, they aren't faster than normal Marines, but they're also Marcus Lanesh. So they're going to fight first. Yeah, and being able to, again, with melee being so important, being able to fight first is, uh, is, yeah, is, is big, yeah. Um, Necrons would be interesting. I'm trying to pull up their faction rules because I don't remember, like, what restrictions they have. But a Necron army with, like, wraiths and scorpet and, like, destroyers mm -hmm. to, to kind of, like, lead the melee and then, like, well, and, I was like, it, trying to remember, like, if which they have you can fly, take. you can't. I, I well, mean, I meant, like, I know they have special I mean, like, mustering the rules. Destroyers and stuff like that. The ones that are, yeah, I'm trying to, I, I'm trying to remember what their, what their special rules are. But Necrons have some really good melee ability, you know, melee units. Um, okay, so you can take Ophidian destroyers. Yeah, so I think you, so you can still take like the Ophidian destroyers, and I think you could take like, uh, no, I guess wraiths are fast attack, aren't they? See, uh, you can include one fast attack slot, which can be scarabs or ophidian destroyers. Okay. You can include cryptex even if they have fly, but they're gonna lose it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um. So. But um, scorpec, scorpec, scorpec destroyers you would be take. good, and like the and and also uh, lichguard are really good, mm -hmm. and and have the ability to like tell potentially to teleport around a little bit. So actually, you know, what would be really good, and I kind of wish Richard was here for this. Grey Knight, uh, Infiltrators, or... Uh, well, uh, like the Interceptors? Interceptors, yeah. Yeah, the being able to do the warp shunt yeah. might Would might be, be very huge, good. I think, in this. Um, and if 10th uh, edition uh, <laughs> is Combat Patrol legal, you can, like, re-teleport a unit once, yeah. like, once a turn. Which would be annoying. So, yes. so that's actually the next question that I had. Knowing, seeing what we've seen about the format of this, how well do you think this is going to fit, work with 10th edition... Get, granted, what what we know of tenth edition, not having seen everything yet. Yeah. How do you, how do you think this is going to work with tenth edition? Is this going to require heavy FAQs? Is it going to require a rewrite? I mean, they said obviously it's going to work, but like, how well do you think that's actually going to work? So I, I'd say right off the bat, the biggest change is going to be the mustering rules because right now the mustering rules yep. for this assume battlefield rules, which are no longer a thing. Right. So we'll have to get an updated. That says, like, you have a character and then put in guidelines as to, like, you can't take things with fly. Right. You can, like, uh, we do have, like, the battle line trait. So they could probably limit, say, yeah. like, you can have so many units with battle line and you can have so many units without. And then they'll have to put in some, like, nothing with the vehicle or monster keyword. Yeah. And then for individual factions, they'll, since, like, like for example, Necrons says, well, you can't, you can only take a fast attack slot if it's this, it's like Scarabs yeah. or this. What they'll have to do is they'll pretty much have to say, like, this is what's allowed in the format. Yeah. And again, they can do things like, um, nothing with fly except blah. Um, and I imagine we'll, I imagine one thing you will see would be no more of one of any data sheet unless it's a battle, battle line, in which yeah. case you can take like three, which that would cover sense. the three troops choices. And that would prevent me from spamming eight bound like I did. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. No, it would require you to take yeah. a mix, a mix of units. And yeah. I think that that might be the biggest thing. But I think like the way the missions are set up and like all the way, all that, and like all of the faction rules for like enhancements and stratagems and stuff like that. 
I don't see any reason why those couldn't just slot I, right in and work. I think uh, they'll change benefits of cover to just be the the new generic right. benefit of cover that they right. have, which uh, which is the same as light cover mm-hmm. from what we understand. The uh, psychic powers obviously will change uh, yeah, because right. they're just shooting yeah, attacks. Shooting now. Shooting so attacks, yeah. they'll basically behave the way that shooting attacks do, which I think is how Witchfire again you can only target and kill people yeah. you can see. So that so I think and that, that actually is less. Fast. Th- yeah. Um, yeah well. One thing that will be interesting is we've seen from the previews at Warhammer Fest that you can't stand on an objective marker. Uh, so that whether that'll carry over or board, if whether boarding actions will allow you to do that because it's a slightly different rule set mm-hmm. remains to be seen. I could see that one going either way. Mm-hmm. Um, hatchways, securing sites, set overwatch. So far from what we've seen of 10th edition, there's been no mention of actions. Yeah. So it's going to depend on if actions are still a thing, then this works. If not, we're going to have to get new rules for these that don't make them actions but yeah. make them something well, you do at certain phases I, i'll say for the ones we see here most of them eh, but the doorway one i think they'll keep mostly because and just say at the end of the movement yeah if you're at a closed door do you that. can you yeah. can open it and i think the other thing too you always just be like well these are boarding action you know these are actions for this game and yeah. and because i don't know that i don't know that having not having actions in the main rule book if that's the case would preclude you from having yeah. actions in this type in this yeah. type of game. And set Overwatch and set Defend are only vaguely actions. Again, they're right. just a thing you can. They just say like you can put yourself in one of these two states. Uh, states. Uh, secure site. We'll have to figure out how that works because nobody has objective secured in Tenth Edition. It's just objective control. That's true. Yeah. So either all objectives are sticky. Or, or you just battle line. Rewrite, battle, yeah, battle line could battle do that. Line could, actually, that would be the best way yeah. to do it. Would be Except I, I would like be sad if it was that because Voton, well, their battle line already has either, that rule. So mm-hmm. well, so you could Ta- you're taking away our advantage. So two two things, two ways you could do it, I guess. Battle line, which is probably the easiest, or you could say that if a unit has an objective, an uh, uh, OC of over X, they could they could do this because if you're looking at say a um, Five man units, and you've got you know so ten. If the unit has an objective control of ten, they and they can make it stickier or not. And then what that kind of means as well is once you people can, die, you could do it early. You have to you have to do it early in the game. I don't know. There's a couple we'll different ways you could do it. Yeah. Now we'll know in a few, couple months. Yeah. Now otherwise, I'd say the other things. This is actually closer to tenth than it is to ninth with having the enhancements rather than traits and yes. relics. Yeah. Uh, you do have the six generic ones, which, from what we gather, there's not an equivalent of because everything's tied to detachment. Mm-hmm. We will have to see if the boarding action rules basically replace your detachment rules. I could see I that. Would, I could see that because again, it's you know I, I have the print off here of a World Eaters one. It's a two page spread. It's so a two page spread be, with like six dates, like yeah. six strats, <laughs> so and it, three enhancements. So, so yeah, it might just replace. It uh, might just be World Eaters it, boarding it, patrol. I guess it just the, this, the question yeah. is: Would you? Would they give you like an ability to replace the one you're going to lose from taking a different detachment type? Sure. Yeah. Um. So that remains to be seen. Uh, it could just be because in this format. Your detachment abilities are the ability to set to Overwatch, set to defend. <laughs> yeah, I mean, possibly that, that could be what I would like to see. Um, and this is pure wish listing. I just putting this out there in the universe for GW in tenth edition. Since you're going to probably have to FAQ some of these things, print a tenth edition boarding actions book that consolidates the rules from all of the arcs of omens 
and and like has the updates and the updates updates them to tenth edition. Just like here's the ten, you know, here's you don't need it. You could just download this PDF if you already have the books. But ha- the ability to have all of this in one book yeah. would be so huge. Uh, one thing they are play. definitely going to have to do is go through every single, again, you know, they have the su- smaller subset of stratagems. And again, they very you know clearly said these stratagems only work in boarding patrol. You can't use your normal stratagems in boarding patrol, which again fits with the, this swaps out and replaces your detachment. They're going to have to go through every one of those stratagems because some of them are going to refer to uh, faction abilities that no longer exist. <laughs> true. Like true. your thing saying, like, I only earn blood tithe points when my own units die. Well, you don't get blood tithe points yeah, at all true. anymore that's because, uh, yeah, you're playing Yahtzee instead. Yeah. That's true. Or yeah, no, that's War true. Cry, that's at least. Yeah. I will no, that's you- a good, yeah, no, that's a good, that's a good point. I didn't think because I like, I was just looking at the sisters one and they mentioned Miracle Dice. Now that one won't have to change mm-hmm. too much. Uh, Eldar one will still have Strands of Fate. Uh, but for example, let's say you've, I haven't looked at the Ducari r- rules, but if they adjust like work off power from pain or something, that's a completely different mechanic now. Right. Uh, gray knights don't have this t- psychic tides. Mm. Uh, space marines are going to be using oath of moment instead of doctrines because doctrines are tied to the gladius detachment and aren't a faction rule. Yeah, yeah that's uh, true. So they're going to, there's going to be, they're going to have to do basically the idea of, the boarding action rules are completely compatible with 10th. No, they're mm. not. They're not yeah. because the factions are not going to be. Right. Now, like some of them, I think will be fine. Uh, also, some of them will need to just be reworded to use like the new keyword system. Yeah. So there was a Tau one I used to like let my like five fives to hit. Like if yeah. I fired with the pulse weapons, my fives to hit auto wounded. Mm-hmm. Um, they'll need to make those like lethal hits. Yes. Or, or, or lethal hits and like anti-infantry five, five mm-hmm. plus to, to make that really, to make it, yeah, to make yeah, it work. Make it work. Uh, so, uh, it, which does say something about the keyword system making it easier to explain some of those rules. Yeah. But that, that's something that we're going to have to. So, so it sounds to. like it's like 80 to 90% compatible and then there's mm-hmm. just some stuff on the edge, which like yeah. I said, I, I would be interested if they. I mean, obviously they uh, they're gonna have to put out an FAQ document. Yeah. So like, put out a free PDF FAQ document, and then put out a boarding boarding uh, actions index. Yeah. That reprints everything from the, the just the rules from the Arcs of Omen books and the tenth edition FAQ and the tenth right. edition updates. Because you'll base and, you'll need like a mustering rules one point yeah. two because they've got one point one or yeah. mustering rules two. two. I would say two point Yeah. Mustering rules. That's two. where it's. I think that's where the biggest. Yeah. Mustering rules two point Um. The new detachments for mm-hmm. each faction, um, which they'll still have just print, show their faction rules, show their whatever, if they are even getting a detachment ability. Yeah. I think a lot of the enhance, well, the, another perfect case, enhancements for plague uh, or for death guard. One of them is I get my plague company warlord trait. That's yeah. not a thing. So yeah. they'll have to, re- yeah. So there's going to have to be a lot of like individual Tweaks. things redone. The style is there. Yeah. yeah. The content has to be reworked. Yeah. So well. I would say, well, now that they've also said the Abaddon book is compatible with 10th edition. I could see that. The, I mean, that's what the one they yeah, said, like the true, rules for boarding good, action yeah. are compatible. And I would say the missions are compatible. Yeah. The, if you just say the actions are, like you said, at the end of the move unit step, you open the door, hatchways work fine. They'll have to FAQ the obsec, mm-hmm. like the yeah. sticky objectives. I think that would be about it. Yeah. And then say like, yeah, psych- it's just ignore the thing about which firepowers because they're just shooting attacks. And well, most of the rest should work. 
which fire needed line of sight shooting needs line of sight yeah. so you don't have to exactly yeah like just, yeah. you just well you, you just mentioned you remove like there are no psychic powers so yeah, just just to just yeah. because they're just shooting attacks so just remove well they're technically still psychic powers well they're not powers you don't the, cast them they're no, not, they still yeah. say psychic on them they do yeah. have a psychic <laughs> tag yeah from what we've seen so um so core the core rules for it won't require a lot of changes i think we'll have to see i mean maybe you could play boarding action with one of the ex- like you could theoretically play boarding action with like the gladius detachment or whatever like the real space raiders yeah. detachment for Ducari or the teleportation force or whatever the gray knight uh, one yeah. is i i would lean towards what you were saying earlier that boarding actions might say you have to use your own boarding actions yeah. detachment you don't mm-hmm. use I would any so. of the other ones yeah. and then that way that would clean it up and kind of separate it so they don't have to that boarding actions yeah. balance this way yeah don't worry about anything else yeah and also, we'll have to see what points look like and how that changes up the construction. Oh, true. Because, uh, right, like, where now we know, like, 500 points, technically, they've said 10th edition does not support 500-point play. It supports combat patrol, which is fixed armies with yeah. with alternate data sheets. Right. Uh, boarding action doesn't have fixed data, you know, fixed detachments and fixed data sheets with right. alternate versions. So... Yeah, I don't I don't know what they're going to do with that. I have I have questions and concerns. Yeah. I mean, and again, it's one of those things where they said, well, these are that like that's the goal of this is to have a compatible yeah. version, but we'll have to see. Yeah. I hope and, they can make it work. And there's nothing there's as we've always said before, there's nothing preventing you from continuing to just play ninth edition boarding actions. This is also so. very true. Yeah. Okay, I just wanted to get thoughts on that cuz I that's one of the things I was kind of thinking about, I was like what what is going to have to change mm-hmm. with them? Because that was the whole goal. It's like, well, things are all going to be compatible. And yeah, it's not a hundred percent true, but I think it's close. It's definitely there in style. I, th- I think if you were playing pre post Abaddon books or like you're playing just you know, ignoring yeah. post Abaddon books, it'll be compatible. Yeah. Uh, I only have that. the Abaddon book. Well, and maybe, and, <laughs> and then maybe that's one of the things like, maybe that's what they mean is that, we're going to get data sheets or whatever data cards for all of these things that just do, you know, detachments and armies of renowned mm-hmm. river for boarding actions and all of the other books will be kind I, I of not. Just, a, you know, yeah. I mean, well, and my, my biggest, my biggest concern with all this is I don't want boarding actions to be just another format that they discard. Yes. Cause we've really had, we've seen continue. that happen before. We've had, we had so, like, like cities of death is no longer a thing. Planet Strike is no longer a thing. Like, there's been a number of, yeah. like, I have the Urban Conquest box, and then that didn't become a thing. Yeah. And so I'm, like, anytime they, and they've really put a lot of emphasis into this between Kill Team with the Gallo, the Galadark sets, mm-hmm. and with boarding action, five, and an entire yeah. set of campaign books focused entirely on boarding actions. And like, the terrain is still, I still say, oh, really it's amazing. amazing. It's yeah. great terrain. Um, I definitely would say, if you're going to use it, a write the names of each piece on yeah. the bottom in Sharpie, just so you, you know. Learn. You do yeah. learn, but it'll speed up the process, especially if you're playing with somebody That's setting up a true. table yep. with somebody who doesn't oh, yeah. know. Um, and the other thing is, if you're going to paint them, there are certain parts where I would like use uh, painter's tape to block mm-hmm. off like uh, the, the top, the caps, so because. Yeah. That extra little layer of paint will get, it'll make it too hard to, like, too snug. Yeah. And you're going to scratch off 
paint off anyway, so don't like don't prime those connection pieces. They're already super snug. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so much. so there's just some things that you'll want to do. You could even like sand them down slightly to, but you do want them snug because yes. that's what helps yes. hold, hold, hold them together. So uh, I would just say tape them so they don't get primed or painted. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, that would, those would be the two things. Be careful when you're painting them, and mark the pieces so that uh, you know. What, what each one is for yeah. easier assembly because it does matter like which side, like does it something we discovered is if you put a piece on that had, cause some of the pieces have corners attached and mm-hmm. some of them don't and you, and if you use the wrong pieces cause they look similar and they have doors in the same places, suddenly you realize you're missing corners cause you use yeah. two of them to make a piece that should have had corners attached. Yeah. And then just being careful that you put the doors where they're supposed to be and make sure they're facing the right, face the right way. Yeah. <laughs> no, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Because they do have enough pieces in just this one box to make all the maps from the first book, as long as you set everything up correctly. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Um, and uh, so, I, 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 otherwise, I do like that it is an entire board in a box. I mean, for yeah, two almost. for two hundred bucks, a board in a box with that level of detailed yeah. terrain and that many possible configurations, and that doesn't even include like the. The other, because the other sets of missions they've done will use elements from some of the other like Gallo Dark boxes, mm-hmm. but they all are clearly marked as like these are optional. You can play without them and just use the standard layout pieces. Yeah. Um, even the ones where like they have the blowout walls, you don't have to use those. You can, uh, and, uh, so, you know, ha- and, Having that, having all those pieces, and then with all the white dwarf articles they've done, where there's like optional tiles you can cut mm-hmm. out and you and lay over it, there's a lot of expandability in this in that one set. So I really do like that. I do wish it was easier to get your ha- hands on because I think there was one box left at uh, yeah at, the, one at our GW, GW store. store. A lot. I mean, I I've seen a few in Dallas. I, I've seen, I mean, I'm sure I can find them. Yeah. yeah, I've seen a few of them. It's much easier to find the boarding actions box than yes. it is to find the kill team boxes that have yes. the boarding action yes. train in them. Well, because those, those just, also yeah, tended to have no, models, models that people wanted yes. very badly. I mean, <laughs> yes, like the Ar- the Arbites, and it's gone. And it's gone. And then the Voton and the Beastmen, and, and gone. they're gone. Yeah, I didn't get that one. I did get that one. Okay. But I got lucky on that. That was very, <laughs> I had very lucky with that. <laughs> I got like one copy. Yeah, you can still find. Well, and of course, now that they sell like the Crute and the Breachers, if you can find the first Galadark box, it's not too bad. And then what was the. Let's see, there was. Dark Eldar and. Dark Eldar and Arbide. Yeah, and Arbides. And uh, yeah, then the Beastmen. That was the fourth one. Beastmen and Votan was the fourth one. Uh, Arbites and Dark Eldar. Oh gosh, I'm trying to remember. Richard's was oh, it was the Casterkin and the Necrons. Okay, that was actually the was that the second one? That was the second one because the end of the dark, the first one, you know, Ooh. the first one which was the, the that was the Navy Breachers and that Groot. was the Navy Breachers and Crew, and that came with like the season stuff for all of the Gallo Gallo Dark stuff. Yeah, Gallo Fall. That's another thing. It's like I I, I picked up Ashes of Faith because it didn't require extra terrain, special terrain to use. Yeah, but now it's like I would kind of like to get my hands on that stuff but i'd also like not have to buy all four sets to have like the seasonal rules it'd be not hopefully they'll do an annual that will include yeah. oh, it that would be nice that would be cool yeah so that cool. uh that would that I would be good but uh 
it is cheaper to get the train from the boarding actions box than to buy the two. Yes, for sure. Because I for think sure. the gal like if you buy the Gallo Dark terrain box by itself, it's still like 140, 150 bucks yep. as opposed to 210 for the boarding action yeah. terrain box. Um, but yeah, I just, there's a couple of those boxes I wouldn't have minded having, but of course they disappeared. Ashes of Faith disappeared really fast too. Yeah. This has Inquisition models that people have been wanting really badly for a very long. You and time. I were able to snag a, a couple. Yeah. <laughs> from, but, but like again, it was on the GW site and it's gone. Yeah. So our, our friendly local game store here got two copies and, and they we, went to us. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, because I messaged like, "Do you have any?" Like, like, yeah, I've got one that's not spoken for. It's like, "May I have it?" It's like, "Oh yeah, sure." What was really funny is uh, I I talked to him earlier in the week when we were setting up for the convention, and I was like, "Hey, if you you know if you have one, like, I know he's like, well, we only got two boxes, and they're both spoken for." And I was like, "Okay, no problem." And then like on Friday, he's like, "Well, I'll bring your box tomorrow," and I'm like. And he's like, yeah, they were, you and Rob were spoken for. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> okay. And Thank per- you very much. And, and Pat told me a lot of people were being very jealous because they had that box out on the, because I didn't yeah. pick mine up until Saturday. And they yeah. had that box out on the table with the big note, Robert, Saturday yeah. release. Yeah. Like, <laughs> but yeah, I was, I was very surprised because I was like, I, like, I, earlier in the week, like when they went up for pre order, I was like, can you get one for me? You know, and didn't and ever heard back. And then I was like, Oh, okay. It's spoken for. Okay. And he's like, yeah, well, yeah, it's spoken it's for, for you. you. And I'm like, Oh, that's what you meant. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> the models look great. Yeah. The models look great in that box. But it's a shame that those like sets like this for, especially like I wanted ashes of faith. Like I want the Inquisition models, but I wanted the campaign, the campaign stuff system. Too, yeah. And this, it, I think that's one of the, the problems I see with like these seasonal stuff is like, there's one place to get the rules. And I, th- yeah. and I think that's, my other concern about the Arcs of Omen stuff is right now there's one book mm-hmm. and I think the Abaddon book's been like sold out for like it's not totally like permanently sold out. It's, but, it's more available than the other books have because all of the they're other all ones gone. are very, very limited. Um, I, but I've seen Abaddon in some stores and I it's not like I said, it's not completely sold out on the GW site or like gone forever. Mm hmm. Um, but like I said, okay, they, they did get Abaddon is back in stock. They really do need to consolidate consolidate it because I, you know, if they want to actually support boarding actions as a as an ongoing format, it needs to be one book. It can't be five. It just it, the rules can't be in five places, right? And like you could you do a you do a boarding actions annual. You consolidate it. You update it to town. You put in all the FAQs. And all the white dwarf rules as well, mm-hmm. and just throw it all in one book, and people will buy it. And like, and they do that with Kill Team, like they do the Kill Team manuals, the soft cover Kill Team manuals. Like that's all it has to be. It doesn't have to be hardcover, doesn't have to be fancy. It can just be that. But having them all in one place will get people to play the game. Absolutely, and that'll sell more boxes of train. That'll sell more models. Like because again, if it's only a five hundred ish point game, it's not many people, models you have to pick up. Yeah, I will. Have, having seen what banshees do, I, yeah, if I if I really find a group where we play a lot of boarding actions, I could see myself going like, yeah, let me pick up some banshees and some other and play some Eldar and like just, guardians, banshees, yeah. dire avengers. Well, there's half your army. Yeah, yep. exactly. Um, so I I could see getting into some of these factions that I don't really want to fully play, but yeah, I get get a small boarding action so, party like so. Uh, Kill Team Gallo, uh, Kill Team Killzone Gallo Dark is still available. It's like I said, it's 150 bucks, and that gives yep. you one half of the table. Yeah. Uh, the boarding actions train is temporarily out of stock online, which means it they will be they bringing back. it back. It is 
theoretically an evergreen product of yep. some sort. Um, and the collection that includes the book for Abaddon is 270, also temporarily out of stock, but theoretically still available. Again, I know the price on that is dear. There have been a few alternatives made yep. to uh, boarding action terrain. I've seen some MDF. I've seen uh, 3D printing STLs. And again, it's one of those things. These are walls. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, as long, like, especially if the walls aren't exactly matching yeah. the, the individual molds that GW if, has used, no harm, no foul. If you get, yeah, if you can get the sizing right and stuff like that and get these rules out there, cause, cause in this book, like, it shows, like, what the wall sections look like and all the different A1, A2, B, whatever. If you can get these rules available for people, that's the most important thing because people will play this because people will come up with ways to make cardboard terrain or MDF terrain or cardstock terrain, 3D printing terrain, and they'll splurge and buy this. Like, but you have to get the rules available to people. And like, that's, that's the hard part. That's the thing. If you can get the rules available so people know what they need, people are creative. This is a creative hobby. People will come up with that stuff. And like I said, it'll, in the long run, even though maybe it sells fewer $200 boarding actions, but, you know, um, boxes, it'll sell more models. It'll not, sell more books. It'll sell, I'm you not know. sure it'll sell less boarding action things because the terrain is really good. The terrain I think is, it'll, it can stand on its own. The terrain is amazing. And it's like, yeah, if you, but like, no, I agree with you. You should require this specific thing. Yeah. Like, we said this when, when the first one came out where I'm like, it's really great they're making the terrain. It's beautiful terrain. People will buy it because they want people want that. People will use it for zone mortalis, even yeah. if they don't, you know, even if they're not gonna use it. It's like people will use it because it's good terrain. But that shouldn't be a requirement. Because yeah. then you're 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 taking what could be a really great introductory format into 40k and putting it behind a two hundred dollar paywall. And like that's that's what's gonna hold it back. And then also the rules being split out across five books and stuff like that. Like, yeah, in theory, you only need one book, but if that book's not available anywhere, like, you need to make the rules easily accessible. You need to make the terrain easily accessible. And it'll grow from there. I'm looking on uh, Etsy. There's at least one vendor, and I'm sure there are more, that has a uh, boarding party terrain set for like 70 to 80, like, like almost about 80 yeah. bucks. And that's, uh, that's all MDF. And that's a much lower price point. Um, like. Art of War Studios has one that I think is even a better match. It's, a, it's sold out though, unfortunately. Yeah. But, um, again, it's like recreates all the pieces. But like they give you the sizes and stuff in the book, so it's like yeah, it's, it's like you don't have to have the plastic kit if you yeah. know like this is how long they are, you know how big the mats are. But you need the three D representation because like the the, the, line, of the line of sight stuff is so important. Um, I, I'd say the other thing that you you'd want to have, and again, there's plenty of ways to get this third party, is a play mat that has the squares spelled yeah, out because those are important for helps. because you want those for your deployment zones, your like your entry zones, and you need those to help kind of like place know where your art your objectives are placed properly because some of them are in zones, some of them are at intersections. I wonder if, uh, and I don't know, I haven't looked. I wonder if like uh, Frontline sells. The boarding patrol mats, because that would be that would be a great product if they did. I wonder. I'm I'm checking gamenet.eu since they are a sponsor. Oh, uh, sorry. Yeah, that's well, what I'm. That's what I said earlier. Not frontline gamenet.eu. <laughs> forty four by so forty four by thirty battle mats, which is what we'd be looking for. Yeah. 
45 by 30 cyberpunk yeah, a lot of them i'm sure at are some just, point we'll get one with the grid but like yeah if you get they one, don't have they don't it doesn't look like they have one at the moment yeah they've got some double sided but it just uses it's double sided yeah. of their standard uh okay well i'm sure somebody will come out with one's grid and if game at like if you're listening like come out with grid ones and people will buy them i'm sure because it is very useful uh for this to have that to have that grid to lay the train over so let's see 44 by 30 from frontline let's see Undersea new world uh i'm gonna say yeah it doesn't look like it uh i mean they've got five pages of them but it would be one of the newer ones because obviously it would have, and that's the thing. Like this is a new, still a new format, so. right? And it's also they've got to look at how successful the sure. format's going to be, whether it's worth their their while to do it. But I'm not seeing any. Like I see some that have the right look, but don't have everything marked out in the the squares. The yet. other thing would be like that you could also use if you don't have the, the actual tiles is like the um, the game paper. Get like the game paper with the square grids on it and then just mark off the grids like with a Sharpie. Right. That would totally work too because, yeah. So there's options out there. There's options that are not that... There's options outside of a $200 box. Right. If you, you, know, you want to play it. If you want to play it or you want to try it before you buy the $200 box because... Like I said, the terrain is absolutely worth it. That you know, worth that price point. It's just, I understand that not everybody wants has has two hundred dollars to spend on a single format. And, and also, I would say with the um, with the cost of the setup, with the and with the time involved in in swapping out tables, especially uh, if you are working with people who again don't know the set as well mm. this is why you won't see boarding party boarding uh boarding action events like no. you are going to, this is going to be uh, this is a garage hammer thing yes. this is a basement hammer this is yeah. a, a or but, oh, but i think this could be really fun to do like at an event like a you know a, a friday night zone mortalis or something yeah. like that and I, I think it could be really cool but yeah this these price points prevent it from from that from i mean yeah because this could be a thing because like the farsight has rules for like four four person games like you could have if you had the money, whether you did them in MDF, I would say yeah, do this with like the, some of the MDF kits. Yeah. You could do like four tables of this set up and have like 12, 12 to sixteen people playing. Yeah. Yeah. You know, just and kind of do a the winner of each table then moves, moves to on. moves to the yeah. the last table and then it's it, almost like a night jazz. It's, yeah, a boarding yeah. party jazz. Why? Yeah. I know. I think it yeah. could. Be, I boarding think, jazz. And because the tables. Boarding party, and sculpt. because that's, that's and because the, the multiplayer rules party. also support three players. Like if you don't have a full, you know, full yeah. table of four, you can yeah. still have you a three and have three. the winner yeah. still move on. Yeah. So I think it'd be a, it'd be a fun format, and it would allow people who like maybe they don't have a knight, but they brought their yeah. tournament army, and they can cobble together a five hundred point list yeah. out of their tournament army. Yeah, I, it'd be fun to do. I'd like to see something like that. Yeah, so we'll. Let's see. You have a boarding. You have a table of boarding action terrain. Yes. I have technically two. Once I get all my kill team boxes <laughs> assembled, so we find somebody else with like one or two more, and maybe we get our next year. I I can bring the train I'll next talk year. To, I'll have to talk be. to Greg. <laughs> I mean, it, it would be yeah. that that strikes me as like a Friday night event. Yeah, 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 yeah absolutely. Instead of beer hammer. Yeah, like a beer, like a supplement to beer hammer. Yeah, like for, yeah. yeah. If people want to play yeah. in that instead, Kevin it, likes it, having more events. I do. I do. <laughs> I like having options for people. Yeah. 
And this is this is kind of like a night joust. This is a little bit of a spectacle thing. I think in this case you would want to have the tables oh, painted sure. up night. Yeah. You know, at least pass. It. Yeah, this no, terrain no, no, no. also doesn't strike me as difficult to paint up and look decent. You base it a color and then like dry brush kind of like a metallic over it to catch this, the highlight. This type of stuff, especially I think with the detail on it, I think this would go really well with like dirty down. Mm-hmm. You paint it up. You dirty. You do the dirty down, and then you 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 go in and. You know, hit it with the the spirits to like remove a little bit of it. I think it'd look really good. Where you just kind of paint it that, flat and then use really like a oil dingy. wash on yeah, it. I think you get that really dingy look. Mm-hmm. I think that'd be look really good. We'll see. Or I mean, you <laughs> could got panels. Or to try you it could on. even you do try it and then let me know uh, something else you can do to give it a particular tone is something I've se- like I've seen a couple of people do. Like uh, I want to say in like a you did a tutorial on like painting terrain quickly. Ash from uh, Gorilla Miniatures Gaming, mm-hmm. uh, basically. Um, Base it, like, prime it with, like, a colored primer, mm-hmm. so usually like a, like a rust red or a gray or something like that. Then hit it with, like, a zenithal with, like, a brighter color, like a yep. bone color or, a, like, a, just a lighter tone. And then dry brush over it. Maybe hit a few spots with some wash or something to kind of. That's that's what I that that's the what I did with the orc terrain that I painted for the kill team for last year. Yeah, for the friendly mm-hmm. was I basically like hit it with a couple zenithals and just dry brush, hit some put some blocks some color in and then just dry brush the crap out of it. Yeah, and I and think it, and you, you could make the long. and then if depending on how much time you wanted to put in it because I know they're like lights and things, just hit them with a quick little airbrush mm-hmm. spot of of diffuse color to make it look like they're lit, and it'll look fine. Yeah. So, uh, so that, that's a possibility for, for, um, you know, that's a quick way to get your terrain painted. That would be a possibility for an event we could do yeah. maybe in the future. Uh, so I would, and I think again, hopefully 10th, they'll have 10th edition rules yeah. to kind of like bring this up and adjust like the few pain points that aren't compatible. Yeah. So I had a blast playing it though. I was really glad you brought it. Yeah. Thank you. It was, you a, lot it. It was a lot of fun. I'm glad to finally like give it a, give it a real try and, see how bad I am at it and it's what I have first to, game. And no, and, and <laughs> I, what I have to learn on how to do it. I think if we rematched our Death Guard against my world eaters now, I think you would do a lot better. Um because I think you understand a little bit more and I think that like there was a couple of things that if they'd gone differently in that game, it would have swung the whole game. Right. So yeah, I, I think part of it was dice roll luck, part of it was inf- you know not being familiar with the system and part of it was just, you know, it's come down to luck. So Right. Yeah. But I had fun. This is a yeah. good, good format. Well, I think that wraps up our coverage of this weekend. Um, so uh, we will be back uh, probably in a week or so with our U.S. Open coverage. Yes. Because yes. I'm going to try to get this one out before U.S. Open. And then we will cover U.S. Open and probably some of the 10th edition reveals because... Especially if we get they- to play a game on... Yeah, they're going to be running demos and they're, they're going to be streaming, streaming demos. Yeah, starting Thursday night, they're going to stream... Two full two thousand point games oh, wow. of tenth uh, okay. edition. So if they let you do that, so I've got to paint that demon painting class on Thursday night. Maybe they'll let you stay and watch like yeah. the stream games. I'm gonna watch oh. that because I got nothing else to do while you're right. painting. And they are supposed to have demo games where like you, you can play like a round yeah. or two. I want to try that too. I, I do want to do that. So well, cool. All right. So from all of us here at Preferred Enemies, I'm your host Rob, Kevin, Dennis, Richard is here in spirit, <laughs> and thanks to Larry for earlier coming on earlier. Yep. Uh, good night, good gaming, and uh, I think this is almost the end of our ninth edition coverage.
Preferred Enemies is an Undergopher Radio production and is licensed under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial Sharealike 3.0 Unported License. Our theme music is Metal Slug 2 Super Vehicle 001-2, No Need to Reload, originally by Takushi Hayamuda and remixed by Roataka, courtesy of OC Remix. It can be found at ocremix.com.